I have always believed the sport of football is an all-in proposition. If an 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And success is what I love so much about our game. There is a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every single day that has allowed me to maximize my highest potential. And I have tried my very best these past 22 years. There are no shortcuts to success on the field or in life. This is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I've loved my NFL career. Now it is time to focus my time and energy on other things that may require my attention. And that is quote unquote right there by Tom Brady. That is right, folks. You heard it here first today. As of this recording day on uh, Tuesday, February 1st, Tom Brady has officially retired after 22 seasons. I mean, the man's won, what, seven Super Bowls. He's made it to like 15 conference championship games. Is there any other stat I'm missing? Um, quite a few, honestly. Uh, but all I'm saying is it, it is a dark day for football. Not yeah. only have we in recent years lost Philip Rivers, both Manning brothers, Drew Brees, as of last week, Ben Roethlisberger, but now Tom Brady. Ladies and gentlemen, our formative years growing up as football fans have officially died. We still have like who's left? Still have him. He did not say anything. Until next week. Yeah. Until next week. Yeah, watch next week. He'll be the next one. Oh, but but looking back at his looking back at his career, Tom Brady, a fifteen-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, a career quarterback rating of ninety-seven point six, over three hundred eighteen games. That's for his career. Yes, seven Super Bowls, one, 10 appeared in, as well as eight, 84,520 passing yards for 624 touchdowns. The man was the GOAT. There's no, there's no question about it. As yeah. much as me being a diehard Jets fan, hated the man for years, you got to bow to the king. Yeah, I'm a Steelers fan. You know, we got robbed of a couple Ben Roethlisberger Super Bowl appearances because of him. Um, you know, I, I hated the man too, but, you know, the, the guy's a freaking legend. You know, he's like the modern-day Michael Jordan, always in every single ad, um, always in the championship games, whether you want him in there or not. You know, I'd say it's a pretty good equivalent. Wouldn't you say basketball guy? Yeah, and also, like, his career compared to Big Ben's career, like – if you look at it is a lot different because I feel like Brady uh, definitely like was the epitome of the AFC. And then you had him, Ben and Manning go to what fit. What was it? He went to 15 NFC championship games, but the total amount between them three, I think was from 2003 all the way till 2020 or 2018. Whenever Manning retired. If I had a good person, I believe if I'm not, Sorry, real quick. If I had a percentage on it, whether for an AFC title game back in the day, you had about a 94% chance that they were going to be in there throughout the 2000s. Yeah, it was either Big Ben, Manning, or Brady. That's what I'm what saying. Did we Sometimes from both. 2002? Yeah. <laughs> from 2002, clear through, what was it, 2020, we didn't get about maybe one or two, one AFC championship game that didn't involve any one of those three men. 
Yep, that's what I'm saying. That's absolutely insane that you had three or four guys that dominated the game like that. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see that again, not for a long, long time, that much dominance. No way. League league nowadays is way too competitive. Like, no, it changes year to year. The biggest thing, biggest streak we've got going right now is Kansas City Chiefs, who've made it to four consecutive AFC championships games. Yep, at the moment. Yeah, and that's another thing I wanted to say. Uh, Tom Brady, I also heard that he didn't want to do his retirement like Ben's, where it was like the big farewell tour. He wanted to keep it a secret and kind of, you know, go out under the radar. Before we get too far in depth, though, with the stats and, and analysis here, since you just called him basketball guy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome a special guest host here on the second episode of the Sports Authority podcast, Young Spur to the table. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you, Eric. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. No problem. Sorry, I forgot. Nice to be here. Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought basketball guy. <laughs> but back to what we were saying about Tom Brady. 243, 73, and 0 is his career record. That's insane. Uh, Give me one second here to figure out what that percentage is. And the fact to never have a tie. I mean, that, that, that is absolutely I mean, insane. The fact, the fact that the guy couldn't even make it to 100 losses in his whole career. Um, that's pretty legendary. That is damn near a, that is damn near a 77% win rate. And over his whole career. That's insane. A lot of people say John Madden is the greatest head coach of all time because of his win percentage, but that has to go to show you about Bill Belichick being one of the greatest head coaches of all time. Yeah. I mean, his career, his brief stint with the Browns didn't go too well. No, but his stint with the uh, Patriots, that I think everybody knows. I think so. I'm not sure. If I would put him down as, in my book, as the greatest coach of all time. He's definitely coach, in the discussion, but... I would put Bill Belichick down as the greatest. Honestly, I think it's safe to say... Even though I love John Madden. We've gotten the answer to the age-old question of who made who. Did Brady make Bill, or did Bill make Brady? And looking at his success before and after Brady, I'd have to say it was Brady that made Bill. See... It's only been a couple years. It's only been a couple years since Brady left Tampa. Or not Tampa, sorry. New England. I misspoke. It's only been a couple years. It's only been a couple hours since so he left Tampa. So I'd say there. give it about five more years before we decide to... Uh, yeah, I'm not counting Bella Check. But at the moment, the current moment, right here on February 1st, 2022, Brady made Belichick. Now, who knows? Mac Jones could be the second coming of Jesus Christ for all we know. I don't know. But right now, we got... Um, we got Brady definitely uh, the, with the debate making Belichick at, at this current moment in time. We will see. I, I will agree. I just, I'm still shaking my head after that came out this morning that, it, yes, apparently Adam Schefter was right. I honestly didn't think he was because he's been known to f- fuck up in the past, but I thought the whole, I thought the whole weekend and, whatnot that our big topic today was going to be Ben and same here but you know, sorry, let's talk but about Ben yeah, that's another guy let's talk about Ben you know that's another guy that has uh you know came through for an organization that didn't have a quarterback in like 20 some seasons 
Uh, you know, ever since Terry Bradshaw retired in like 81, 82, um, the guys they went through before Ben, like Bubby Brister, Neil O'Donnell, Cornell Stewart, Tommy Maddox, just to name a few. <laughs> you know, good old Is Tommy Pittsburgh's- Gunn, you know, as us Pittsburghers would call him, Tommy Gunn in that. You know, Tommy Gunslinger. And let me tell you, his arm was like a Tommy gun because you never know what direction that bullet was flying. Uh huh. Yeah, it was going to go this way. Sometimes it went. But you could guarantee that it wasn't going the direction he intended. Well, he was good in his first year as a Steeler. I don't know what happened. And after that, you know, mediocre. You know, Trent Dilfer of the team. (laughs) Trent Dilfer is an example. Good team with him, just bad quarterback. That's all. But let's run down Ben's accolades here. A career record of 165, 81, and 1. And that 1, surprisingly, just came this past year. Six Pro Bowl appearances. Two-time Super Bowl winner. A career quarterback rating of 93.5. That's over the course of 249 games. 64,088 yards for 418 touchdowns. I have to correct you on that one tie. That one tie was against the Browns. Like, four. didn't Pittsburgh tie once this? Tie yes, this too? with the Lions, but Rudolph was playing quarterback. All right, then I may be mistaken. This might be a listing of his stats from last year. So that I was. But going yes, from. you are right. He does have the tie, but it came back four years ago. That's all. You have the tie right. Just the timing was wrong at that time. I know. It wasn't this year that the Steelers tied, was it? Yeah, yeah it was. Against yeah, against the Lions. Yeah. We tied 16-16. Yeah. Against, um... So add in this year's stat to everything I left. The winless Lions. That is, Pittsburgh, couldn't be. is Pittsburgh a big team for um, retiring jersey numbers? We only have... Like, do you think... The Steelers only have one jersey number retired, and it's Mean Joe Green. 75. They do not believe it. So you don't think they can't... Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I they, wouldn't think so. Yeah. They don't. I wouldn't okay, how do so. I put this? They do honorable, like they don't. We let, don't wear this number because a legend wore it, but they don't officially like really retire. Retire, except for Joe Green. I don't know why. They yeah, just for him. Uh, I mean, is unwearable at all times. Not to take away from his accomplishments over his over his eighteen years in Pittsburgh, but if they haven't even retired Terry Bradshaw's number, I don't think they're retiring Ben's. They won't. Number seven's going to be on the shelf for like 40 years before we ever see another number seven, though. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's just how it is. Uh, like, it to- like, like James Harrison gets uh, cut from the team, and immediately next year there's, a- there's another number 92. So, <laughs> they don't yeah, they- care. They did the same with Santonio Holmes, I believe. Yeah. I well, yeah, Martavis Bryant a couple years later. Yep. Number same, 10. Same thing. Yep. I mean, I actually had a thing where I read that uh, it said Pittsburgh, Bill Coward and uh, Kevin Colbert, who was football director of operations at the time. Yeah. They had planned to select Arkansas guard Sean Andrews over Ben Roethlisberger. However, Stiller's owner Dan Rooney overrode their decision to select Big Ben, which I thought was pretty cool. I did read a report that Bill Coward wanted to draft an offensive guard. I didn't, I didn't see the name. They didn't say it. Yeah. But the fact that they wanted to get Sean Andrews, a guy who was in and out of the league in four years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I kind of blew my mind. I, I, I'm kind of glad, you know, because I'm kind of glad that the Browns decided to pick Kellen Winslow Jr. Over yeah. 
Um, then, you know, they needed a quarterback. Garcia sucked. I'm sorry. Everyone thought Garcia was the second coming of Jesus for the Browns. Uh, that didn't happen, obviously. Thank God for them. Screw the Browns. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Which Colin Wentz? It, it is what it is. You know, 2004 draft. It was awesome. We got Big Ben. Uh, what more can you say about it? Um, uh, with what? I believe it was the. If I remember the pick correctly. It was the 14th pick. I knew it was middle round. It was middle of the first round pick. I know that much. Uh which is interesting to me that Big Ben fell that far. I believe Mel Kuyper Jr. had him at the second best quarterback in that draft that year on his uh, rankings. Yeah, which would be behind either what Eli Manning or Philip Rivers. Because that was definitely the top three. Oh, my bad. He was number three then. Excuse me. That's right. Yeah, the Eli Manning and Philip Rivers show, and like they swapped quarterbacks, which will never happen again. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Because Eli refused to play for. Yes, he did. He absolutely refused the Chargers at the time. He he said straight up, "I'm not going to play." So you wasted your play for you guys. You wasted your pick. So he did, and they would have had their So they traded him same day of the draft, the same exact freaking day, and they did it with another rookie quarterback. That, which is insane. At the same time, that like I don't think that'll ever happen again. Two quarterbacks being traded same day on the stage. Not very likely. Which there was. Yes. Those three were young, and then it also <laughs> We started fostering. Oh, hang on one second. Hold that thought. Six I hear years a old. I knew that routine was what important for him. Dad, your turn. We started. Okay, we have to edit that out. Hold on a second. Uh, fourteen minutes. Okay, remember fourteen minutes. All right. And we're going to continue. Three, two, one, go. Go ahead and go back to your thought. Um, also, the 1983 draft included John Elway, Jim Kelly, and Dan Marino, which is probably the only other draft before that one that had three, you know, legendary or to go on to be elite quarterbacks. Well, who was the? Who were those three names? John Elway, Jim Kelly, and Marino. So Wow. Honestly, and Jim Kelly was in the same draft as Marino and Elway? You said that was 1983? Yep. Well, then, guys, I don't know if you agree with this stuff one or not, Eric, but put your Pittsburgh bias aside. But I'd have to say 83 was a more impressive quarterback class than 04. <sighs> um, Jim it, it's, didn't make it to four Super Bowls straight. Unfortunately, he couldn't win one, right? Yep. Uh, John Elway, legend. Big Ben's idol. Growing up, Dan Marino and Phil Rivers are pretty much comparable with the no Super Bowls. And I mean, um, Dan Marino, stats. Pittsburgh man, right yeah, I agree with that. Played for Pitt, yeah, see, uh, so yes, I will take that as a good take. 1983 was probably better for sure. It just sucks that the only one to win Super Bowl rings was Elway instead of having at least two out of the three, but you know, it is what I mean. The big factor here, though, with 04 is you got two of them that won Super Bowls, and one of them was the only was for the, a while there the only man that was able to outplay Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. And not only did he Twice. do it once, but he did it three years later again. Yep. Thank you, thank you, Eli. <laughs> oh man. 
Uh, and then we also, can and we have to also Nick, thank though. we have to also thank Big Dick Nick, another guy we gotta thank too, beating him in the Super Bowl. Oh, I, I cannot believe he just called him that. <laughs> He's Big Dick Nick. That's what he is. Your friend will agree. How, Eric? Hey, you got the. Charger. I question you at times. I really do. You never seen like, the meme, Big Dick looking, Nick? Why are you thinking about another man's dick? I'm not thinking about another man's dick. The internet is. Obviously you are. You're saying fucking Poles is a big dick Nick. It's a funny name, man. Come on. Get with, you gotta get with a sense of humor, Jonathan. <laughs> it's what the ladies call me. Come on, now. I mean, we have th a 3% female. I have a sense of humor. The difference is my sense of humor is a little bit more refined than a five-year-old's. Hey, my sense of humor is based on a seven-year-old. So you get it right. Anyway, enough of that talk. <laughs> um, Big Ben had a lot of ups and downs in his career, you know. In uh, 2007, he had the motorcycle accident. We all thought it was going to be over. It seemed like that was a year for motorcycle accidents, right? LeVar Arrington, uh, Pittsburgh guy, by the way, had a uh, motorcycle accident that ended his career with the Redskins at the time, they were called. Unfortunately, that linebacker's career came to an end. Well, we all thought Big Ben's career was going to come down with the facial. Uh, he broke his facial bones and shit. That is some serious stuff when that happens to you. It's a, it's amazing that the guy came back for the season. Uh -huh. I don't know how he did it. I don't even know how he went to 8-8 eight and eight with that team, with that serious injury. I don't know how he did it. That's, that's when we started calling Big Ben the Iron Man. Like I will agree because I'm not the biggest Big Ben guy, but as far as like toughest or strongest quarterbacks of all time, he would be up there in the. In the I top mean, yeah, to think about this. it. You he took such a beating. It. I'm sorry, you gotta think about it. The guy almost died, and he comes back and somehow still finishes the season eight and eight. Yeah, which is just remarkable. <laughs> yeah, like it's amazing. And then the next year, he went to Super Bowl, second one. I've never seen anyone ever make such an impressive career just off of their damn size their size uh how i'm to be honest as a big ben fan out of shape he is yeah I, I, what i'm saying on that though about making such a successful career just because of their size is think of all the blocked block tackles he managed to pull off and then throw the ball he had an ability because he was too fucking big too fucking tall too fucking fat for the defenseman to get him down. That's what I'm saying. He had this uncanny ability to extend plays. Like, you thought, that, okay, here we go. He's going to be sacked. It's going to be third or fourth and long. Then all of a sudden, he breaks, like, two sacks, and he ends up throwing it to Heath Miller. That was his go-to guy in the situations. Heath. Heath. Oh, Heath. hit again. Man. That was his go-to guy every single time he had to extend the play. It worked, too, man. 54 career. Reception touchdowns to Heath Miller. You know, I mean, that was the man, dude. And I thought Pat Fryer was going to be the next one with Ben. but you know, Yeah, they keep trying to fill the Heath year. Miller void, but I don't think that void will ever be. That's never going to be filled. Now we got Muth. So we'll see yeah. what Muth does. You know? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know for a fact he hasn't had one with Mike Tomlin. And I doubt any of them happened before with uh, his couple the couple years he played under Cower, but Ben never had a losing season. No, he did not. No, and I actually read that uh, 
Big Ben was 66% playoff percentage and 77% winning season percentage in his career, which is playoff appearance percentage was 66.6%. The last losing season. So for the Steelers. So out of 18 years, he made the playoffs 12. 12. Yeah, which is pretty remarkable. Unfortunately, I would have liked to have seen more Super Bowl appearances, but, you know, three, three of them, I guess, works for me. Uh, and uh, last losing season before Ben came was 6-10 and 10 in 2004. So. Wow. And was that under Tommy Maddox still at the time? Yes. yes. Okay. Tommy Maddox was the starter. Uh, and then the start of the 2000, I'm sorry, 2003 was 6-10. and 10, That's right. And the 04 draft and then the 04 season. So, excuse me, I misspoke. The 2003 season, they went 6-10. and 10. Correction. But I digress. You know, Tommy Maddox goes in week two against the Ravens. He gets his, I believe it was a shoulder injury. Couldn't make it back in. Uh, Big Ben takes over. I remember, I remember hearing Big Ben talking about it. He said, Man, I thought I was only going to be out there for a couple series. He's like, I think I'm out here for the rest of the season. And he was right. And if I'm not mistaken, Pittsburgh, I'm going to correct what I said last week. But if I'm not mistaken, Pittsburgh turned around and went 15 and 1 that year. Yes. Started the season 1 and 1. He came in, went 14 and 0. Rookie of the year. And we made it how far into the playoffs? Is that the year that they lost to David? They went to the AFC title game against Tom Brady. First parents ever against each other. And, oh, and they played each other earlier in the year and Ben destroyed them. So. They do say that winning twice against the same team is one of the hardest feats in football. It is. You know, he was that close in that AFC title game, too, in 04. So close. But next year they redeemed themselves and actually won the Super Bowl, so. All good there. Um, anyway, speaking of Super Bowls, we got a big one coming up in a couple weeks, don't we? Uh, we got the Rams and the Bengals. Uh, on like, look, okay, the Rams—they got more talent than the Bengals. We can agree on that. Uh, but the Bengals have a lot more heart, and I think to me, in the NFL, heart wins you more games than any talent. It's all about who. More, and I think the Bengals won it more. As far as heart, I'm with the Bengals. As far as my head, I'm with the Rams. I think the match could go either way. L.A. definitely has the better passing game. I would. I, mm, I, I mean, it's Matt Stafford does make a lot of stupid decisions in the red zone with the football. Yep. Keep that in mind. That pick. Yep, that interception really. Uh, I mean, I'm talking I about mean, all season. Forget that pick last year. Yeah, all year. All season. The re- his red zone passer rating blow. I hate to say it, but it blows. Um, so that's why I have to pick Joe Burrow. I, th- I think he's more calm, cool, and collected. That's why they call him Cool Joe in the first place. Uh, I will go on record and saying Joe Burrow's going to be the next big bend, the way he extends, extends plays like him. Joe Burrow's our next Ben Roethlisberger for the next 20 seasons. Write it down. I don't know. I think Joe might actually surpass him. I, I he might even be better than Ben. But in regards to extending plays, uh, you know, he definitely has that characteristic of Ben. Is extending plays when he's about to get sacked. That's like, and think about it. Okay, this is my division rival. I am talking about. 
And you say put your Steelers bias aside. I am putting that bias aside. I love this guy. I do. I love this guy. I'm a huge fan of Joe Burr. Okay. Joe Burr. I love him. I will buy his jersey if I could right now. I'm Burrow's definitely impressed me, but I've definitely got a soft spot in my heart for the underdog. Matt Stafford, you thought he'd never have a chance. He spent his no. whole career in Detroit, who have given him absolutely jack shit since Megatron. <laughs> and even then, they didn't really have a full team. It was just the two of them. To turn around, get traded to the Rams, and now he's Super Bowl bound? Like I'm I'm, proud of Stafford, too. I am. Stafford's had a hell of a career. He's had the fifth most, tied for fifth most, fourth quarter comebacks of any quarterback in NFL history, tied with Johnny Unitas. We discussed this last week. Yeah, and he did a majority of the Lions. That says something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, Not to mention the insane chemistry he gained with Cooper Cup this year. Uh Uh-huh. That's going to be a tandem to be watched in two weeks here. Super Cup, uh, the first ever triple crown of receiving, receptions, receiving yards, and reception touchdowns. All- and I also I also saw that he broke Michael Irvin's record for 1,300-yard receiving games this year. Oh, no, no that's, he, that's uh, scrimmage yards. He came up just short. Oh, it was scrimmage yards? He was 15 okay. yards short of breaking the single-season wow. pass so receiving high. record. Yes, he, he was 15 yards short of that, but he for scrimmage yards, he surpassed Michael Irving. He has the most scrimmage yards in the season by a receiver. So that's right. Yeah, 13 yards. Both rushing plus receiving. Going back to Joe Burrow, I saw that uh, no quarterback ever has won the Heisman, the National Championship, and the Super Bowl. So he has a chance to be the first guy to do it. Can you imagine that? This record-breaking like year this year we have seen with – he also Brady, all-time in passing yards, right? We got Big Ben going top five in passing yards. We have Big Ben, uh, I think there was another record Big Ben broke it for team-wise. I think it was touchdowns or something. I can't remember. There's something huge about that. Um, just everywhere around the NFL, there's records being broken left and right. It's insane. So what do you, let's just get the record down now. Who do you guys think takes it in two weeks? In two weeks, the Bengals are going to take it. And I even have a score of what I think they're going to do. Uh, I'm I'm going Bengals. The Bengals are going to win this game 24-20. to I'm going to go Bengals 30-24. All right. Apparently, I'm the odd man out again, which has worked out for me well so far. If you remember last week... I was the only one that said it was going to be Cincy even making the Super Bowl. And now you've got them pegged to win it after you picked Kansas last week. Yeah, I got them pegged to win it just because this team's got heart. I've never seen another team play so damn hard and want it so much more than a fucking team that's that act like they've been there before. Actually, even better, even better, Sunday night during that game at halftime, I do remember getting a text message from you, Eric, saying, Bad take picking the Bengals. They're getting their asses kicked. And I, did I did, say that. And I replied with, it's far from over. And guess who was right? You were right. 
I, I will give you that. But guess what? I'm glad I'm right. Because you know what? That means Jackson and Brittany get to sit at home and be humble little fucks that they should be. Because, you know, I can't stand those two, Jackson and Brittany. I, I hate no. them. And I'm yeah. so glad that they got put in their damn place. Last well, week. I'm going to see if we can't make magic happen two weeks in a row and make you be wrong. Because I'm taking the Rams. Cooper Cup as Super Bowl MVP. Write it down now. Place your bets with Sportsbook because that's what's going to happen. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you. And I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than you guys have predicted. I think final score, 42-35. Oh, wow. It's going to be a high scoring game, huh? Well, I'll I'll tell you this right now. Okay, I know I'm not going to be wrong because I am team black and the orange all the way. All I got to say is who day? That's Sunday, baby. I'm riding with Joe Burr. Joe Burr, baby. That's who I'm riding with. That's my dude right there. Since I can see you on video right now, Eric, for what you just said, you better take that fucking Steelers hat off. I know. I should. Just just for these next couple weeks. I think I might do that. Does that mean I still get to wave around this towel? You know? Like, you know just, just a little bit. You better you better die in orange. <laughs> I know a lot of Steelers fans that are going to be very upset at me. But, who day? Who day? <laughs> As I wave around the towel, since you guys can't see us. Um, uh-huh. All I'm going to say is I'm going to enjoy watching every second of that game, especially when uh, Sean McVay's get-back coach finally lets him go at the end of the game when, to go celebrate. Uh, yeah, that makes a hundred thousand. Good old get-back coach. Don't you love that? Great position. It's the funniest thing I think I've ever heard. A get-back coach. But... But there's our Super Bowl predictions. I don't know. What do you guys? What do you guys think? You know, I mean? Well, whenever I look back, also like you got to look at the Titans game where they had what nine sacks on Joe Burrow and they still were able to win. And compare that to, I mean, the Rams aren't going to get nine sacks, but I feel like the pressure is going to be full send the whole game. I will also mention that Ben Roethlisberger uh, in that Super Bowl against the Cardinals had, I believe, the 29th ranked offensive line. That's what I'm saying. So I feel, I feel like. You can't just go, oh, Aaron Donald, the pressure. Joe Burrow is going to make it work. It's going to be a tighter game than people think. I'm still impressed about that win last week from Cincy, though. Face it, Joe Burrow spent more time on his back than a cheerleader on prom night and still ended up winning the game. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it's also his defense. You know, that, That's a pretty damn good defense they got on the uh... – on the uh, Bengals, too. Jesse Bates. They had Eli Apple make a good good couple stops against the Chiefs. Like a tie against Tyreek Hill at the end of the first half. They have your favorite Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton? Yeah. <laughs> that guy. I cannot believe they chose Cam Sutton over, um, over uh, Mike Hilton. Man, was that wrong? All right. So, we got... Super Bowl coming up. This season's coming to an end. Yes. What do the NFL teams need to do in the offseason to become more to have it more even? Like what is each team's biggest needs? I mean, shall we go down the list? I mean, should we go through all 32? Uh, I mean, ones that I guess have a chance of turning around, we might as well. Arizona. They made the playoffs. What are their biggest needs? 
See, the thing that gets me with Arizona is they don't use the tight end. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, they trade for Zach Ertz. He did okay. But yeah, he honestly, did for me, I think what they need, uh, Zach Ertz will be a free agent. Christian Kirk's going to be a potential free agent. AJ Green's going. I'd have to put, uh, I'd have to mark him for a wide receiver. Yeah, I would agree. Listen, DeAndre Hopkins is great, but you need depth at that position, especially in a passing league. Uh, I would put wide receiver. Uh, I want. I would put corner. They need a cornerback. They let up a lot of passing yards this year. Uh, offensive yep. guard and an offensive tackle. That O line is crap. And a set. You know, even a center too. Put that down as well. They need all that. <laughs> I mean, compete. And they need a defensive tackle because um, running in the interior uh, against the Cardinals, you were very successful. So they definitely need that, all those positions. Their coaches also did not get their uh, playoff bonuses yet. I read from the owner. Oh, a lot of the, a lot okay. of the success that teams had against Arizona on the run, though, could honestly come from the fact that they were stuck playing a quarterback who hadn't played a down since week seventeen of twenty eighteen, most of the season. So, shall they? Sh- what do we think? They address cornerback first round. I would assume corner, corner, or Arizona. No, a quarterback. Corner, corner not oh, corner. corner. Okay, corner. I just wanted to make sure and double check. Yes. Why the fuck did they go after the I believe defensive back. I, I do believe defensive back is the number one uh, need they need for sure. So yeah, I would go with corner. In terms of passing yards allowed, yes. All right. How's about? Are we even even bother talking about Atlanta? As, as bad as they were this year? They need a quarterback. Nothing against Matt Ryan, but I think it's time to get rid of Yes, Matt I would Ryan. agree. I think he's washed up. Yeah. Uh, another need, I would say, is running back. Yeah, the Cordero Patterson thing worked, but it's not going to work. No, uh, running back. And I think also another one, I th- another thing they need is an edge rusher. Absolutely need an edge rusher. Um, I'm not sure if they want a 3-4 or a 4-3. But whatever it is, they need a really good pass rushing defensive end or outside linebacker. No doubt. It just it still amazes me how their defense was so good when they faced the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And then since then has just Honestly, been... the defense that year wasn't even that good either. I think they ranked like uh what, uh twentieth in defense? Team defense that year? Yeah, it just it's it was, not been it was that offense with Julio Jones and uh I wasn't great Tevin Coleman, I would assume. I, I was about to say Ronnie White. <laughs> Todd Gurley, maybe, when he left the Rams. Um, All right, my take for Atlanta. I think they've got potential, but they need to improve both lines, offense and defense. I think they're going to draft the, an edge rusher. They have the 29th-ranked tandem of guards and centers in the league this year. So offensive line, maybe defensive line on the later rounds. I think they're drafting an edge rusher first round because Dante Fowler Jr. is leaving, and that's a big gap on that defensive line. So, uh, yeah, replace that immediately if you're not going to re-sign him. All right. Baltimore. Let me find it here in my notes. Give me a second. The Ravens. Okay. They're the 14th pick. Uh for me, it's offensive tackle. They do not have they do not have any good blindside blocking at all. 
I think it's crap. Um, the fact that uh, the fact that TJ Watt could go in there and any time he wants to off the edge, uh, they they definitely need to address that need just to compete with the Steelers in terms of uh, on the the blocking on the pass attack. So, yeah, I think it's definitely offensive line. Yes, and offensive tackle specifically. Yeah, it is. They have a they have really good guards and a center, but that that teams could edge rush against them all day. When I watched them, I mean it, it's pathetic. They had no rush edge rush protection at all. That needs to change. So far, we've not agreed at all because I'm going to say their biggest need this offseason is a safety. Chuck Clark has been the only one showing any life on their safety core. See, he's not all right, but he's not a star. For defense, I think their biggest need is a uh, linebacker, really. They need to be able right, to contain, uh, they need to be a fast linebacker that's able to contain QB scrambles. That's what all I right, think Buffalo? Let's see, Buffalo. Let me look here. What I got. See, Buffalo, the only thing that gets me is running back. I'm not very big on Zach Moss or Singletary. I mean, I think they're both average, but. I don't think they're long-term solutions for Buffalo. Um, for I me, feel like that's why Josh Allen runs the ball as much as he does. Oh, that's up there. I but mean, it works. But the only the only offensive position I have him for uh, that's the number two need for me is offensive guard. Um, other than that, I think they're fine. Uh, but the um, first, the first team need for me is a corner. I think they need their biggest thing is the interior defensive line. They've yeah, got that's Ed also Oliver. another need I have. That's number four for me. They did well with Ed Oliver this year, but you've got two people that make their line: Harrison Phillips and Vernon Butler, both heading to free agency. So they're probably not going to be able to re-sign both of them. No, and that's trending Ed Oliver. And it also doesn't help that their one of their edge rushers, Jerry Hughes, is going on the uh, free agent block too. If they don't give him a deal. Here soon. That doesn't help. All right. I think we might have the first team that we all agree on. And Mario Madison. Can't forget him either. He's going on the free agent block. Um, let's see. Let's go with a let's go with a team with a top ten pick here. I know we did the Falcons, but Oh, well, I've just been going down the list alphabetically. How about how how about we go with your Jets? Now uh we'll get to them. Okay. I've been going alphabetically, so let's keep with that. Okay, we'll go, we go. Next team down the list. Carolina, I think this might be the first one we all agree on. Shall we say it on three? One, yes. two, three. Quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. <laughs> I mean, come on. Cam Newton ain't nothing like he was when he took him to the Super Bowl. And as a Jets fan, I can tell you, Sam Darnold ain't your freaking Messiah. Yeah, but I thought he was until week five. Then I'm like, okay, this guy is just not cutting it. This is we're now we're going back to good old ways. Um, I mean, I was about to eat my hat. I'm not going to lie. What did he have? Like, in the first five games, six rushing touchdowns or seven? Yeah, he, he actually led the league in rushing touchdowns for a while. Um, that's why I thought he was the second coming of Jesus there for Carolina. But turns out. And then he got hurt, came back, and was the same old Sam Darnold that the New York Jets love and hate. I mean, it turns out he was the uh, second coming of the bomb underneath the Fifth Avenue Bridge. <laughs> is there a quarterback in the draft you're gonna find though? That's 
the solution? Um, I don't think you pick a quarterback sixth overall this year. That's what I mean. That's how I. This is not a good class to pick at. I would wait. Panthers, uh, for their needs, I would draft an offensive tackle or offensive guard. Um, And just deal with Sam for another year. Deal with Sam or wait and get somebody late. I mean, Um, I would wait till the second round to get a quarterback from the Panthers. This is not the class to do it. It's just a waste of a pick. I mean, Malik Willis is the best quarterback in this class, but. That's who actually the mock draft I can't see you picking him at sixth. They have Carolina taking him in the mock draft, which I don't agree with. Really? All right. What mock draft is it? Yeah. Pipers. This was the Walt. I always go off Walter Payton football, which might be a little bit early, but. I only trust uh, one. See, that's the thing. You know, we didn't see the senior (laughs) boy, but there's only one mock draft I trust, and that's Mel Kiper. That's yeah, that's another story. And most of his takes are good, but don't get me wrong. He's wrong, too, but he's a human being. Of course, he's going to be wrong. We're wrong about some things. I was wrong about the Bengals getting blown out. Whatever. It happens. All right. Chicago? The Bears. They are. Well, here's the thing. Bears traded their first-round pick. They don't have a first-round pick. So we're not talking about first round though. We're talking about overall. What's the team's biggest okay. needs to address? Yeah. See, that's the thing, right? That's kind of screws them with how bad they were this year. The Giants have their pick, but if I had to say what they need, it would have to be offensive tackle and wide receiver. They do not have any weapons for um, Justin Fields to throw to. I think that's a huge. All you have is Mooney, and is Allen Robinson a free agent? He I will be a free agent. That's why you need to get a wide. He will be or an offensive yeah, tackle they immediately. Draft tackle, sign wide receiver. I definitely agree with you on offensive line because Justin Fields was the second highest pressure percentage in the league. Like, he dealt with more blitzes than any other quarterback. That's what I'm saying, and here's why, okay? Because, like, I have the Bears, their top three needs I have are offensive tackle, wide receiver, and center. That offense just needs redock. I mean, I like Justin Fields. You know, I I think you can build a team around him. I'm a huge fan of his, but – you got to revamp that offensive line and give them some weapons to throw at. Uh, you know what I mean? I think if you do that, you know, we're set for the all right. Bears. All right, next team on the list. I think we'll all agree on this one, especially since we were already talking about how much time he spent on his back this weekend. <laughs> Cincinnati needs to work on their offensive line. Their defense is solid. They've got the receivers. They've got, got the, the running backs. backs. Yeah. They've got the quarterback. Their biggest question, their biggest fuck up is on their offensive line. Not being able to protect Joe. Yes, I have exactly offensive guard being the number one position they need. I have offensive tackle being the number two position they need. And number three, I actually have cornerback. Um, There's a reason for that. Other than the lucky tackle that Eli Apple had, um, they have a lot of corners that can't tackle well. And I feel like uh, you need to be able to make the first tackle and not get broken every single time you, you go for the first hit. Uh, there's There's been a lot of extra yards that the Bengals have let up, and that's why they went 10-7 and seven in the first place, going on a losing skid, I think, halfway through the season. Uh, they definitely need better, uh, better defensive backs. But um, – for the most part, I think linebacker. I think they can need some. They need some linebacker help too. But in the end, yes, it's offensive line and corner and linebacker for me. All offensive line. All right, we're gonna let 
we're going to let Chris go first on this one. Since we've pretty much manhandled this discussion, you and I, Eric, Cleveland. See, I'm a little crazy on this, but I think Cleveland needs a quarterback. I think Baker Mayfield is not the solution. Uh, I think the defensive lines, now, it's pretty solid. They got was, backs. Uh, they need wide out after getting rid of Odell Beckham, obviously. Jarvis Landry's there, but they have the other Higgins. I'm not sure what his first name is. You have Chubb. Is Kareem Hunter free agent? Uh, on my list, no. I don't have him as a notable free agent, so. So like they have, I just. I'll tell you what, they do need an edge rusher because they're losing Tack McKinley and Jadavian Clowney. So, I yeah, there's still a chance I read that they might sign Clowney. He was top on the list to stay with Cleveland. Good, they they need to. So yeah, so important. So okay, now the Browns, uh, the number one need I have them for is a wide receiver because Odell's gone and Jarvis Landry is gone. Um. That they definitely need it. Like Donovan Peoples Jones, as good as he is, he, he's not going to cut um, as the number one. So like you need to draft a top receiver, and I think I do know a guy that will be a good fit for him. On a later episode, we'll go over our mock drafts. So stay tuned for that later on. Y'all are going to laugh your asses off at mine because I don't follow college. <laughs> well, all you got to do is do a little bit of research, you know, like look at some mock but drafts, look at team needs, and to go into it. Stuff. To go into my take on Cleveland, I'm actually going to agree more with you, Eric, surprisingly, than I am Chris, because quarterback is the one thing that Cleveland actually has a strength at. He might not be the best thrower, and he might not be the most athletic, but Baker Mayfield brings a whole new level of heart and guts to that team. Like, Absolutely. I just like it's, too, it's too many commercials. I was there in New, in Cleveland. <laughs> How dare you make money? Unbelievable. <laughs> I can say this much. I personally was there week three, three years ago, when Baker finally got to take the field after the New York Jets knocked Tyrod Taylor the fuck out <laughs> right after halftime. Yeah. And we went from being up, I believe it was, what, 10 or 14-3? at halftime to turn around and lose t- and get shut out the second half and Cleveland to beat us 24 to 14. Wow. Like as soon as he took the field, you saw a whole new energy with Cleveland and that doesn't get replicated easily. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is Cleveland right now. I mean, look, yeah, he played terrible this year, but the guy had a friggin' bad shoulder and he's playing his heart out for these fans, you know, like, I see Cleveland fans crapping all over him, and here I am, the Steeler guy, going, look, listen, man, if it wasn't for this guy, you guys ain't nothing for the past few years. You know, chill out, let him get a shoulder surgery, and come back stronger than ever next season. You know, I think it's terrible to say that they need a quarterback next year. On top of that... He's the only reason that they're good. Now, go ahead. You got to look at what he's had to work with the past few years. A prima donna who would not get on the same page as him with Odell Beckham who was his only target, and now that Odell's gone, he doesn't even have a target. And yet they still managed to scrape together what? What did they do? Six, oh, yeah, eight, eight, and nine. eight and nine. Even better than I thought. Odell Beckham also had five touchdowns in six games with the Rams, but only one with Cleveland over the last 
what, 13 games? I've yeah, but he averages like three catches a game with uh, the Rams. So, yeah, he gets the touchdowns, but he's more, of a red also got, he's more of a red zone threat. He's also got Cooper Cup on the other side drawing all the coverage because everyone knows that Stafford's favorite target is Cooper. Yes. See, okay. It, okay, so here's how I'll put the Rams, right? Matt Stafford's favorite target is Cooper Cup. If he's not inside the 20, inside the 20, Odell's getting the ball. That's why his touchdown rate goes up. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with being the red zone guy. It just means you get a lot of touchdowns but very little yards, and that's okay. I'm okay with that trade if I'm a player. You get more money there, you know? Yeah, I just feel like what was going wrong in Cleveland for them not to be able to utilize them, you know, how the Rams are in the red zone. Uh, I'm like what was... I'm going to say it was ego. It is ego. Odell's been in the league longer than Odell's been in the league longer than Baker, and he's played with better quarterbacks than Baker. Face it, he had Eli fucking Manning. Who? (laughs) I agree. A lot of people will argue with me on this one, but I got to say, over the past ten years, Eli was definitely considered elite level until the last two or three years of his court career. Eli Manning didn't get the good old, uh, hey, it's my last hoorah as a starting quarterback. They said, Daniel Jones, go in. Eli, fuck you. <laughs> the rest of the season. That's how it happened. Unfortunately, because honestly, but I'll say for a number of years, Eli was one of my favorites to watch. Yeah. At times, I enjoyed watching him play more than I did his brother. Uh, I, mean, I was a huge Peyton Manning guy growing up. Matter of fact, I have the... Uh, Peyton, my Peyton Manning jersey over there. So, I also feel like Eli handled the whole Daniel Jones thing a lot better than other quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love. I think Eli knew it was his time. Yeah, like he understood it. Like, all right, he, here's going to be humble. a tough one to address because they really don't have that many areas where they're lacking. What? But what can Dallas do to make it make themselves better next year? Because uh, uh, on probably. paper, they've got the best offense in the league. Okay, I could tell you right now, that defense needs serious help. That offense was great, but the amount of passes they let up and rushing yards, to me, the rushing yards is a problem. Defensive tackle, no 100% is their number one need. They need a D tackle, 24th pick. If you want to know the second one, it's the edge rushing. Uh, number three is linebacker. Number four is safety. And for me, the fifth need is tight end. There you go. Basically, all four levels of defense, or all, I'm sorry, all three levels of defense and the tight end. That's so you're not, you're not big on Dalton Schultz, or you think? I'm not big on Dalton Schultz. He's a free agent coming up. I don't think yep. signing him. So you need to draft a tight end in a later round. To me, the most important needs a defensive tackle. If you can get it, if you think you can reach for a defensive tackle, go ahead. I'm not a scout, but if I was at this 24th pick, I'd go with an edge rusher in this pick. Man. When it comes to Dallas, does Jerry Jones have any say in the draft, or how does their draft? He is basically the owner, the general manager, the interim head coach. Uh, that's pretty much how Jerry Jones runs. Interim head coach. But he is. I swear to God, he's like he's the head coach, but like Mike McCarthy, like the fucking like how do I put it? Um, I don't know, man. You know, okay. You know how like the Queen of England's like the uh, the face of the country. Well, that's like he's like the face of the Cowboys, but like really, Jerry Jones is calling the shots on what plays they run. So like, 
That's where that's how he does it. Like Jerry Jones is an absolute control freak. So I know he's in charge of the draft. I say he's going to draft an edge rusher. He loves edge rushers. Loves sack artists. He's going to go there. I mean, I would say in the same vein of what you did, linebacker. Well, they're losing Leighton Vander Esch. That's why I put linebacker. Yeah, which is... They're losing Randy Gregory. That's why they need an edge rusher. So... And All we need... They're losing a Pro Bowl lineman and uh, Connor Williams. <laughs> it's not looking good. Get him up. Get, we need to find that man a friend to w- sit up there in the box and watch games with him because the, if you watch the broadcast, anytime they show him up in his box, how he's always leaning over, watching the freaking field, like looking down his nose at the field, I swear to God, we need to get him another grumpy old man to be his friend up in the box because there you go, Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, I mean, he does look so miserable up there. But And since I realize we probably got a lot of younger fans that are our age and younger that probably won't have gotten that reference, go back and watch the Muppet Show, the two old guys up in the balcony. Um, I'm looking at our demographics since you said it, and our biggest age group is 28 to 34, so they might have seen it. That's surprising. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. So that uh, the youngest, if I want to look at, it, if you want to talk about demographics real quick, eighteen to twenty-two, three percent. So, huh. yep, yeah, we we attract the late twenties to mid thirties guys. And so we're getting the millennials, not the, the females are at. But. We're getting the millennials, not the Gen Zs yet. Got it. Yep, no Gen Zs yet. I'm Gen Z, like later end. I guess for later end Gen Z, it's twenty-five percent, twenty-three to twenty-seven. Wait, how old are you, Eric? I'm 25. We're considered Gen Z. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yep. What about you? I'm 26. He is right on the border of millennial and Gen Z. I guess he can call himself whatever one he likes better. Well, if that's the case, even though I'm born in 89, can I still claim Gen X? Because I hate millennials. <laughs> so do I. I'm glad to be Gen Z. <laughs> uh, no, nah, you're, you're considered millennial, unfortunately. Shit. I know. All right. right. Moving on. What's the Broncos. This is an interesting one. <laughs> um, definitely quarterback. Uh, linebacker. I'm, I'm doing. I, I'm doing all these teams. By the way, the first five I say they're all in order. Quarterback number one. Two is linebacker. Three is edge rusher. Four is offensive guard, and five is offensive tackle. Now, I've been wrong in the past. Obviously, I was wrong about Tom Brady sticking around for another year. And I may be wrong on this one, but if I was also wrong about a certain person that I said was probably going to hang it up this year, not, I could see Denver as a good landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. I, I, thought, I thought you would say that. But I think it's highly unlikely, and I think he- knowing the way John Elway runs his team, it seems like of late Denver's been where great quarterbacks go to die. I mean, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl in his last year. After Peyton Manning, they got they brought in who? Joe Flacco. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, they paid they paid Brock Osweiler right all that money. Oh my God! Yeah. But we, we yeah. said great quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, and then they brought. Yeah, him. we said great, not mediocre. <laughs> had a flash. 
Yeah. No, but no, the Brock Osweiler sign was a blunder on that franchise. So quarterback agreed that Denver's biggest need? Definitely edge, edge rusher with getting rid of all. I mean, they have filling. Yes, they need an edge. Yeah, they need an edge. They're losing Kareem Jackson at safety. That's something to think about. If they Can we just skip over Detroit and say fucking everything? Uh, Well, I do. I, I don't think they need running back. Top five. I think they're obvious. Number one's wide receiver. Uh, number two's corner. Uh, for me, number three is offensive guard, linebacker, and then D tackle. That's what I got. You're not going to say an upgraded quarterback? Uh, I'm sorry, Jared Goff. But you, you know why? I mean, yeah, the team needs quarterback, but for the draft, you do not want to draft a quarterback second this year. It's not going to happen. Can't. And they're also stuck with Jared Goff's salary. You go ahead and do that. They're not going to get rid of it, so they're kind of stuck with Goff. Yeah, I say the, the money that Goff, they have to pay him to cut him. Yeah, they're stuck. That's why I did that. I would say their best move for Jared Goff, move him to what? Move him to running back. Just move him to the USFL this spring. Fuck it. He's got wheels. He ain't got no arm, but he's got good legs. Let him <laughs> I, run the fucking thing. I don't think you heard me. I said, I'll just trade him to the USFL. You know, <laughs> get rid of him. They could trade him to maybe Pittsburgh. Hey, I've heard Dwayne's looking for people because the uh, XFL relaunches in spring of 23. Oh, well, I mean, we got the USFL launching this year in April. That's going to be fun. And the Rocks launching the relaunch in X. XFL next year now. You know what I said? You know what I said, honestly, about this? Let's have this little side conversation real quick. You know what I said? I said, why don't the XFL and USFL merge and, like, they have a big championship game like the NFL and AFL did? And whoever wins their championship game plays the the weakest team in the NFL, and if they win, they trade places? Yes. Okay, I didn't mention that last part, but that sounds pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, that does sound pretty cool. (laughs) And then that team heads, goes to the USFL. <laughs> how many heads would roll if the Steelers would happen to be in that situation and lose? I don't think that would. I don't think that'll ever happen. I think the last time they had last place finish was in the sixties. But I don't know. You never know. You never know. But bye bye Jets. I think it's highly unlikely right now. That and I think the Roonies would piss themselves if that happened. So. I mean. There are no good Roonies anymore, though. Dan's Dan passed away a couple years ago. The Chiefs been gone for decades, and the current schmuck. The best thing the best thing Art Junior could ever do for the Steelers for them to actually have a shot is to either die, sell, or hand the team down. Well, we know that doesn't happen. They usually just fucking die before they left ownership. Usually, there was only well, no, not necessarily. I believe the one owner in '88 died. They won't sell. Our senior died. So. We know they're not going to sell. Hell no. And I hope we don't have to wait till he dies. But both the Chief and Dan did pass the team down when their time was up. Although there's one owner who we probably wish would croak in Pittsburgh right now, and that's uh, uh, Bob Robert Kraft. And the Pirates. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's another story for another day when baseball season comes. If it does, given that majority ownership of the Penguins just went over to them, can we get Fenway Sports Group to buy the Pirates too, please? Uh, no, they own the Red Sox. That is a conflict of interest. Can't own two in the same place. Don't they own the Tampa Bay Lightning as well? I don't think they do. I'm pretty sure they do. Oh, well, that's a story for another day then. We'll fact check that for next week. Um, like, I'm willing to overlook the fact that 
that LeBron James would be a 2% owner of two teams of Pittsburgh if the freaking gets Bob Nutting out of the Pirates and gives them a chance to be competitive because I hate I'm LeBron sick James. of them sucking. I already hate that LeBron James is part of the Penguins now. Oh, terrible. Oh. But we're getting off topic. Let's move on. Green Bay, what is their biggest need? I'm going to say receivers because it's pretty much been the Devontae Adams show, and you don't win with just one good receiver. You don't win championships with just one good receiver. I have their I have their top need as offensive tackle. That would be my secondary. Receiver, offensive tackle, and definitely D tackle. Yeah, D tackle is another one. I have I have that at number four. Uh, that's a good take. Uh, their corners are their corners are. I mean, they have Jahir Alexander. So I feel like their corners. My fifth are okay. one. My fifth one would be edge rusher. Uh, I, I did not see them get to the quarterback a lot this year. Yeah, and who is the last great Green Bay edge rusher? I mean, uh, he was a defensive tackle, but B.J. Raji. He's something. That's I was trying to think of his name. That's who it was. B.J. Uh, Raji was a defensive tackle, but also had great pass rushing prowess too, along with stopping the run. So he was like a dull threat on defense in terms of whatever came at him. He figured out a way. He also had that infamous pick six in the one playoff game. That was hilarious. Watching a big fat 350 pounder run down the field for a touchdown. All right. Uh, so, since we're already, say, we already agreed that we're not going to just say every fucking thing. The next team I'm going to say quarterback is the biggest need on Houston Texans. Face it, Deshaun Watson refuses to play for them, will not suit up in a Houston Texans uniform again. He's already gone on record saying it. Davis Mills. It completely sucked this year. Like he went above what was expected of him, but still not any signs of being an elite quarterback or one that's going to win you to your way to the playoffs. Well, and Tyron Taylor's to... done at the end of this year. He's moving his contracts up, and he's going into free agency. So they need yeah, to I was going to say Tyrod Taylor. Um, he ain't coming back. They need to address who's going to be calling their shots on offense. Yeah, but third overall picks not the pick that I, I would say trade down in a quarterback first round. Oh, well, yeah, I don't think they get quarterback. I don't really. I think their whole offense. I don't really like their running backs. Uh, Brandon Cooks was good at times this year towards the end of the year, but I mean, I mean, there no offensive linemen. You got two running backs going in the free agency that are pretty important. You David Johnson, Philip Lindsay. Um, All right, so Philip Lindsay. They actually got traded to Miami before the end of the season. What is your take on this idea? Given that Pittsburgh needs a quarterback, and they've it no matter what, it would still be an upgrade over nobody down in Houston. What do you say about packaging Mason Rudolph and maybe a first round pick for Deshaun Watson if you're Pittsburgh? The Texans are not going to take that. We would have to give up three first rounders just because they value him that high. Yeah, I and the first yeah, I don't see a trade were... working because the Texans were originally asking for too high of a price. So uh, if I know, I think my prediction for the Steelers, I'm just going to say this one: they are going to pick a quarterback, and they are going to pick not Kenny Pickett. I'm so tired of hearing that it's not happening. It's unrealistic. I don't see it happening. I hope I'm wrong, but I think they're going to pick Matt Corral at Ole Miss. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, well, 
we'll we'll touch more on that when we get to Pittsburgh, but we're still talking Houston now. All right. So if they're going to try trading Deshaun Watson, they need a quarterback. Who do they trade Deshaun to, and who do they try to get back in return? I mean, Pittsburgh's a good a good choice, like you said there a second ago, but. I read that Deshaun Watson came out and said that he wants to go wherever Brian Flores goes. So, I don't know if Brian Flores has got a deal yet or even got an interview. He has not. There's actually some uh, some controversy regarding Brian Flores here that we'll touch on in a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I just read before we started this recording. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's I had already had that read and was planning on mentioning it at some point, but I figure we're addressing team needs now, so we'll hit that later. Right. Okay, what's next? Uh, another team that I'm going to say quarterback is their biggest need, but they also could deal with some uh, wide receivers too. Indianapolis. Their offense is pretty much the running back, and that's it. You know, it sucks for the Colts too is they don't have a first-round pick. And that's, if I'm not mistaken, their, their running back is who? Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, he is the whole Indianapolis offense this year, and that does yes, not win you, Jack. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's washed up. Um, so, yeah, I would say... Uh, Michael... I wouldn't say their biggest needs a quarterback, because um, the Colts were actually pretty okay for the most part. You know, they finished 9-8. and eight. Uh, I would say their biggest need is a corner. 100%. That's just okay. Uh, and then I would say wide receiver. We need, to, we need to give this guy some weapons to throw to. And tight end. Somebody. And tight end, yeah. Offensive tackle. He needs he needs a uh, edge protection guy. Whatever side, doesn't matter. And they need an edge rusher. That's my top five. All right, go in the complete opposite direction of what I said about Indy. The next team... I'm going to say it. They need just about everything except for quarterback, maybe running back, but Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, they took him what first overall. So they obviously think the guy's going to be their next leader, but who does he have to freaking work with? There's no way. Even him, DJ Shark, he's pretty, yeah. It's Chenault. He's pretty underrated. I mean, they have a pretty underrated receiving core. Um, he just needs an offensive tackle and a center. That's that's my top two needs for the Jaguars, and they they have that uh, available to them. They have a, there's a really good offensive tackle first overall they could take. I mean, I am hearing rumbling that there is one big name that could end up going to Jacksonville to play with Lawrence, especially since uh, Jacksonville's new coach. Byron Leftwich is there it is or projected new coach because they haven't announced anything official yet, but there's it's highly expected that Byron Leftwich is going to be named as the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if that's the case, Chris Godwin has a good chance of wanting to end up there. I can see that happening. Uh yeah. Um I know this is totally unrelated, but it it totally made uh, my franchise mode Madden twenty two better when I when I signed Tyreek Hill out of free agency in year three. Um, receivers a need, hundred percent for. Uh, I would say it's like a number six need, seven need, seventh need. But 
it's there. Uh, it, 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 it could use a real number one receiver, and I think that receiving set, it would be set. No doubt. Yeah, I do think Chris Godwin would fit in there too well. All right, we got a team coming up that, honestly, based on where they ended up in the off in the postseason this year, is going to be tough to figure out exactly what can be improved on. But Kansas City, they've looked strong. They didn't really make any major mistakes. So what can make what can they possibly do to get better? I would say they made a mistake in uh, not getting three points at the end of the first half. But, you know, other than that, yeah, I'd say they did okay. Uh, that that defense was horrible in the first uh, eight games. I think we would all agree. I don't know what the hell they were doing that's it, all year. But, you know, after trading for Melvin Ingram on the Steelers, I mean, that they became a little bit better. And I think it was just enough for them to edge into the playoffs and be first place in the uh, AFC West. So, for me, I'd have to say that their number one need is corner. Uh, a lot of teams need corners this year. Corner is such a weak position anymore. Uh, All right. In the NFL. The second would be wide receiver. Um, I think they need a little bit more depth there. Uh, third is edge rushing. Like, yeah, you know, you got um, you got Melvin Ingram, and I, I can't remember the other guy. Jaren, I know Jaron Reed, defensive tackle. He's good. Um it's number 92. I think that is Jaron Reed. But, you know, those two, just two on a four-man rush or a, or a, five, or a uh, three-man rush sometimes they run is not going to cut it. Uh, All right. You, you, you need some more of that. Then it's linebacker and then safety. That's All right. We're going to let Chris, we're going to let Young Spur handle this one since it's his team. And then after that, I say with the rest of these uh, team needs, we try to pick up the pace because – We've already been going for like an hour and a half. But the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, when it comes to my Raiders, we definitely need wide out. Hunter Renfro is the only one we have. Um, tight end's good. Running back's good. We need D-tackle. Uh, we have no corners. Arnett just got white in trouble for see, driving 170, I believe, or something. So their second DUI on the yeah, this year. Second DUI this year. So we lost. But at least it. this one didn't kill anybody. I'm just saying Hobbs uh, actually got caught with, I forget what it was, but he got in trouble too. So I would say corner is definitely the top need. D tackle and wide receiver. I think they're still okay at corner. Uh, even after that, uh, for me, it would have to be the number one need is wide receiver for the Raiders. Um, Number two would be offensive guard. I mean, you guys are losing Richie Incognito. Um, yeah, I feel like he didn't. He for sometimes this year he didn't play much this year. No, he didn't. I can't believe he was still on the roster. I see. Yeah. Holy shit! Is he even a still a good player? And I saw a lot of reports that said he was. So I mean, that's why I put him as a. That's why I put offensive guard. Yeah, I was very like, surprised to even see him still on the team at the uh, end. And then center. And then I got linebacker at fourth as an important team need and defensive tackle. Would you say that's accurate since you're losing Solomon Thomas? Yeah, we definitely need to tackle. We have Crosby on the edge, so I mean, you just need yeah, something. but you'd need inside people for yeah. Rush. We need and the Dockway was a nice pickup in addition, but they still need help. Linebacker, we haven't had a solid linebacker in. I mean, we trade. Well, I mean, Mac, which let's was... trade Khalil Mack. Yeah, nothing can go wrong. All right, Chargers. 
Chargers. Uh, for me, it's defensive tackle. That's the number. Yeah, D tackle. I mean, we're we're starting to sound like a broken record here, but cornerback. I honestly think. You know, they why? Need yeah, because they're losing Chris Harris a corner, but um, corner is such a weak position in the NFL. Can you agree on that? And I'd say their third biggest need, especially since they've got a good quarterback. Obviously, he's the starting quarterback for the AFC in the Pro Bowl this coming weekend. But uh, fucking, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. Justin Herbert, what weapons does he have to throw to? Like, he's been threading the needle and making miracles happen this year. Uh, Keenan Allen, he's an excellent weapon. Uh, Austin Eckler, he's really good in the passing game as a running back. Uh, Jared Cook's a good tight end. He actually had a lot of weapons to throw to this year. Yeah, Jared yeah, Cook has that's another good draw. one. All right, I I find it hard. I, it's hard touching this team because it's still not over, and they might prove to be the best team in the world this year. The Rams. Uh, there's some notable areas for sure. Um, the, you know, uh, so the Rams. Sorry. I thought I thought they were at number thirty-two, but I forgot they don't have a first-round pick until twenty twenty-five or twenty twenty-four. So I should have known that. I have them without the first-round pick. So I, I say they need a good uh, edge protection guy, an offensive tackle. I'm gonna say interior offensive line. Yeah, I, I have that as number five uh, offensive guard. I feel like, uh, especially since Austin Corbett's leaving them. That and there, there's a good chance they might be losing Brian Allen. Uh, See, so then there you go. Um, also, Odell Beckham's a free agent. Von Miller's a free agent. Uh, this is a definite must-win game for the Rams, though, since they went all in this year. Because there's no way you're re-signing Von Miller, Odell. There's just no way you're doing it all. Sony Michelle, it's impossible. Yeah, I think Sony Michelle is definitely going to be walking. They're going to. Um, but is Cam Akers the solution for them? I mean, there's two fumbles. Well, he fumbled twice in the game yeah. against Tampa. Uh, is he really clutch? I don't know. We'll have to find out. That's where the, and the Super Bowl is where it really counts, right? He has a, All right. He has a chance to redeem himself legit. I, mean, I, I, I don't think he played that well in the San Fran game. So, in the uh, NFC title game. So, I think he gets a chance to redeem himself uh, in the Super Bowl. But, again, you know, that... The Rams are just a passing attack kind of team. I don't see them running a lot because uh, that pass defense is it's inconsistent on the Bengals. All right. Sometimes they make great plays like five times in a row, and then they make uh, terrible plays on defense like 12 times in a row. That's what I mean by inconsistent for the Bengals. So I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling they're going to throw like 55 times in the Super Bowl. All right, Miami. Given that they've already said they're all in on Tua Tagovailoa, uh, and whatnot, what do they need? I'm going to say offensive line. They've only had one person on their squad, Robert Hunt, that didn't earn a poor pass block rating. So I'd say that's their big hit. Where the hell do I have offensive the line? I'm not big on Gasecki. Where do I have the Dolphins at? I don't see him on my You have Jalen Waddle, but they also need more weapons. Devontae Parker and Will Fuller didn't play much this year. Where the hell did I put the Dolphins? Will Fuller, what, broke his hand and then never came I back? I keep forgetting that he's not even a Texan anymore. Yeah. 
Where the hell did I put the dolphins? What pick did they have? What the hell? In the garbage can? Yeah, but... Probably... My draft? Probably mid, about 15, 13. I don't have a pick. That's right, the Eagles have two picks in a row. As I got the picks from the Colts and Dolphins, 15, 16. That's right, okay. All right. Okay, so Dolphins. I one for the Dolphins. Oh, okay. All right, then we'll move on to Minnesota. <laughs> Oops, I messed up there. This is one team I will say, going with you, I'm going to say the first time tonight, Edge. Yes, Edge Rusher, 100%. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think they were like 31st in sacks. That is horrendous if you want to be a successful team in the NFL. So, yes, they need an edge rusher. No doubt they need to pick an edge rusher. I don't care if the guy's projected to get picked 36th. You need an edge rusher. It needs to happen for the Vikings. So New England. Um, let's see New England here. They seem to be pretty happy with Matt Jones. I think New England is definitely wide out and D tackle again. I'm not I have him that. as a corner, another team corner because JC Jackson's walking and the fact that um, what's his name, Stephon Gilmore ain't there. Like the Carolina, I heard him. They're losing Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty. This defense is going to suck. So I, I say corner, wide receiver, linebacker, safety, D tackle, just because of edge. The uh, their edge rush is okay. Everything else, though, needs work. All right. On top of a new head coach, let's see. What do we think uh, the biggest need is for Nola? Saints. Quarterback. 100%. They're losing Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. You're not going to resign them both. One of them's coming back. And quarterback. I, I say they draft a quarterback first round. And uh, I think that's where... Uh, Malik Willis would probably get picked. So, uh, the second needs wide receiver, and then corner, tight end, and safety. All in order. All right. Giants, the same issue they've been having even since Eli was still their quarterback. I'm going to say offensive line. Yeah, they they, said, what the hell? Chris, ever since Chris Snead was on the team and, uh, they had a center. I can't remember his name when Eli Manning was there during the Super Bowl years. There's O'Hara, Sean O'Hara. After those two left, Christie and O'Hara left, and they just have not been the same on the line. So, yeah, offensive guard and center I do have on there, but I only have it on there as three and four. Uh, their most important need to me is a linebacker. I'm 100% an inside linebacker. The linebacker play was horrendous this year. All right, looks like I take point on this one since it's my team. But I'm going to be honest, yes, the Jets need wide receivers, but I don't think that's our biggest problem. It's not. Our defense, our defense this year was atrocious. Yes. We need a corner. Yeah. We haven't really had a freaking we haven't had a star level corner since Darrell Revis retired. And, and that's something that they've been severely procrastinating on addressing. We also need linebacker. Yes. And a new safety because like our the, you want to beat the Jets, throw the ball over the middle. <laughs> that's what they should that's why they need, they need <coughs> a linebacker too. 
That middle. And the Jets have what? No more Jamal Adams. Yeah, that too. We traded him. Yeah. Which is the the only advantage of that is we have two picks in the top ten of the draft this year coming because we've got our own fourth fourth pick overall, and we also have Seattle's tenth pick. Yeah. So hopefully we can address a couple of those issues early. But we got a lot of shit we need to work on. It's no wonder that we finished last in the division this year. And I pray I don't have to deal with that heartache for years to come. I think you dealt with the heartache for years already. <laughs> Ever since 2011. <laughs> and before. Well, 2010 and 2011 were good years. We made the AFC Championship both years. With Mark Sanchez, of all people, was under yeah, center. But, but fumble. Don't remind me. <laughs> but, but fumble. You guys haven't been the same. All right. We covered the two, the two, all three New York teams. Let's cover the two Pennsylvania teams. Starting with Philly. Maybe. I know we're going to sound like broken records, but my two biggest needs that I'm going to say that they got are cornerback and edge rush. I'm going to go with the inside linebacker. Again, the linebacker play is atrocious by the Eagles. That, that that needs worked on. Yes, they made the playoffs. Yes, they had a winning record at 9-8. and eight. Okay, Tomlin fans, calm down. I know. Winning season. It's not a losing season. Okay, I get it. But if they want to have a real winning season, they need to have a good linebacker play. So. Philly? Yes. The linebackers okay. sucked. Here is where I see us getting off topic and you and I being glad that we're both on different sides of the city on uh, video chat here because Pittsburgh Steelers, what is their biggest needs? <sighs> well, it's between quarterback and offensive line. I mean, to me, that defense is good enough to play with any anybody. I mean, I mean, sometimes they are inconsistent. I mean, they were very bad against the Chiefs. They started off hot, and then they let up six straight touchdowns. That needs work. That's a discipline issue. And, of course, Tomlin has no disciplinary like coaching at all. He doesn't discipline shit. When Claypool did that stupid little first down celebration with second left against the Vikings, no punishment, no nothing, just throw oh, talk to him. Okay, well, how did you do that? Uh, we chatted. Like. Did nothing. Basically, in other words, he did nothing. To uh, like, he just doesn't care. Okay, that, that, that's my problem with Tom. Doesn't care about discipline, and uh, that's why you have uh, six touchdowns straight. You know, letting up against the Chiefs. Yes, I know it's Patrick Mahomes, but for Christ's sake, the Bengals' defense wasn't that much. Uh, I mean, they're worse, way worse than the Steelers' D, and look what they did to them. You know, they held them to twenty-four points. Well, how much of that? I feel like a lot of that weighs on the offense not going to where the defense was out there so much in that game. We scored 21 game. points, though. Yeah, but the first half, I just feel like the defense was electric, and then you saw it just get sucked out. Yeah, but the defense the six straight punts. The past four playoff games, we've let up 40-plus points. That's not going to cut it. No. You know, like, we need discipline, okay? And for the but positions for discipline – we have corner and defensive tackle. Those are the two positions, I think, on defense that the Steelers need. And for offense, I put my number one at quarterback. I mean, I, I do trust Mason Rudolph uh, as a quarterback if they decide to go that direction. You know what? I'll pull for him. I think he was never given a fair shot 
honestly. Um, they kept on going to Doc when he would have one bad game. I thought that was a terrible thing to do because it really messes with a quarterback's confidence. you got to stick with a guy. That's my belief. So um, that's why. Well, at that time, though, Mason Rudolph was the third string. Devlin Hodges was second. So No, Mason sense. Rudolph was backup. And honestly, Mason Rudolph, yeah, he'll win you a few drives. He may even win you a few games, but he's not going to win you any championships. What I find funny is he was a he was a gunslinger in um, Oklahoma State. We draft him, and what's the one thing we do not let him do? Throw it eighty yards downfield. You know, I, I think we need to let him do what he does best. You know, in that twenty nineteen season, it was throw short, throw short, throw short. And I hate to say, as much as I love Ben, you couldn't be better than Ben. You know, like Ben had control of that of the quarterbacks, how well they were allowed to play. You know, and now he doesn't have any restrictions. You know, like now we can't be afraid of this quarterback outshining Ben. You know, the, our idol. So uh, if if you go in the direction of Mason Rudolph, I'm all for it. Uh, if not, they could draft Matt Corral. I think that's where the Steelers are. I think that's what they are going to do. Uh, and then my second needs offensive tackle and then offensive guard. That line was atrocious. Other than Kendrick Green, uh, I think they are just as good as uh, Border Patrol down in the southern border in the United States. I don't know about you. Letting everyone through. Once again, Eric trying to get us canceled already after two episodes. <laughs> I didn't say anything about, you know, like race. But I'm saying Border Patrol. Can I also point out that we got, for the first time in years, we've got a Steeler fan that is not bitching that the Steelers have yet to address that. That is not bitching about the Steelers not having a good cornerback after Shazier. Shazier is an inside linebacker. What did you say he was? Wasn't he a corner? He was an inside linebacker. Oh well, I must be mistaken on that one because I thought he was. Either way, to I'm going to go on a side note here. The one thing you were saying about team discipline, I hate to say it, but Tomlin's not the culprit that you need to look at there. Well, Think about he, he 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 literally condones bad behavior. I don't think it's that he condones bad behavior. I think it's that he does not have a foot to stand on when it comes to addressing it. Look at the history of the Steelers. Look at back when they were dominant and when they were feared. Back under Chuck Knoll. Why was the team so disciplined then? It's because the chief, Art Sr., gave Knoll full authority over the team. Like, yeah, the chief owned it, and he was there. He cared, and he gave his input. But ultimately, what Knoll said went. Back in the 90s, the Steelers were one of the most disciplined teams in the league. Why? Because Dan let Cowher do his thing. The t- everybody on that team knew that what Bill said went, and if Bill was pissed, you were fucked because Dan was going to support Bill no matter what. You don't have that dynamic anymore with Art Jr. He doesn't give a fuck. He leaves Tomlin out to dry when it comes to that shit, and that's why your team is suffering d- 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 with discipline. Honestly, I think the best thing Art Rudy Jr. could do for the Steelers is hand it down, whether to his son or Weird. even better, give it to one of his fucking granddaughters. That would bring a whole new fan base to the team because, come on, who wouldn't want to look at the fucking sidelines hoping to catch a glimpse of Kate or Rooney Mara? 
those two are both hot as fuck. And I'm sorry, I would become a Steelers fan again after I've spent the past how many years hating them? Uh, um, I delivered to Kate. Uh, Pete's delivery once. Uh, granddaughter. You lucky bastard. Yeah, it was interesting. I saw the last name Rooney, and then, of course, this is years ago when Dan Rooney was still alive, and I see Dan Rooney, I'm like, oh, my God, I love you! <laughs> was- Can we also point out... But. Yes. The back to Kate and Rooney Mara real quick, though. It may come to a day where we see both of them inheriting football teams. Because, yes, we just acknowledge that Dan Rooney is their grandfather on their mother's side, but think of their last name, Mara. Their paternal grandfather is Jason Mara, owner of the New York Giants. Oh, God. How fucking incredible would it be if both of them inherit teams? Oh, yeah. I, you know, uh, yeah, I just thought of that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, someone married uh, one of the Giants uh, owners, like, family members. That's right. I totally forgot that, like, they're, like, linked together. Now, now that you mention it, that's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I always used to love the Giants back when I was. A- I mean, I would say if, if that's going to happen, you might as well give Kate the Giants because keeping the name Rooney with the Steelers, you might. Nah, Rooney or the Roonies and Steelers are together. Okay, the I I can't say oh the Mars like dude I I would hate to be telling my kid. No, that's why I'm saying give if if they're if that's what happens down the line and they both inherit teams, I hope Kate and. For Pittsburgh's sake, I hope Kate inherits the Giants because you're gonna say you're gonna be your Pittsburgh is known for the Roonies, 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 Roonies. Well, guess what? Her last name might be Mara, but the other one, other granddaughter still has the name Rooney because that's her first name. Yeah. So instead of saying the Roonies, it would just be the Rooney. Right. That's a little weird. It's gonna be weird saying that. All right. Anyways, I think we've gone off topic enough. Let's talk about San Francisco. Their Cinderella story this year was incredible. The fact that they arguably shouldn't have even been in a play, been a playoff caliber team, and the fact that they made it to a conference championship. And I think that really sucks is they don't have a first round pick. That really hurts them. Yeah, they need to address the defense. Not to mention they're not going to have a lot of cap space. No, they're not, because they, they like to spend. Man, I am so jealous. I wish the Steelers liked to spend. But And the deal with Garoppolo. Is Garoppolo leaving, or is Garoppolo staying? Uh, he's not a free agent. Uh, it's going to be interesting what they want to do with him. They're going to cut him. They're going to trade him. I mean, this offseason is uh, going to be interesting for the 49ers. Uh, do they go with Trey Lance, or do they stick with Jimmy G? It's a tough choice, and this was a weird situation I was thinking of, but what if Jimmy G ended up in Tampa Bay? I mean, not that saying it would happen, but it was just a thought that I well, had. What, for Brady's heir apparent in, in New England to actually become his heir down in Tampa? Yep. That, that, would, be, that would be poetic justice. It's the only way I see Gronkowski maybe considering not retiring after Brady. Uh, no, he, he is a Brady guy 100%. I don't care who you put there. He... he so you think he's retired? You think he's retired? Yeah, right? I, I don't see Rob coming back. I don't care who. I'm, you put your twelve. I don't care if Joe it. Montana decided to <laughs> the twenty-five. Okay, it's not happening. Tom Brady. It was, just, it was just a thought I had. 
All right, we got four teams left to discuss here. Let's try and knock these out. Corner's the most important need. Go ahead. There you go. Wanted to say. What'd you say? I said corner is the most important need for the 49ers. Yeah, for sure. Since Richard Sherman. All right, we got four more teams left to hit, so we should be able to polish this off quick and move on. To I'm, the just, I'm just going to say a position that's needed. I'm not going to go into depth. That, um, yeah, because there's not really any. There's only one team that's worth mentioning, but so Seattle. Got to find them. I can't remember what pick they are. Uh, I, they don't have a first round pick because the Jets have it. That, that's right. Okay, so I got to go under my uh, team without a first pick then. But I'd say overall, their biggest needs are either freaking deep defense or offensive line. Yeah, yeah, like I was going to say, I was going to say, they need they need offensive line in a corner. Corner, edge, center, offensive tackle, I think they'd be all right. Yes, I agree with that. And to get, and to put freaking Russell Wilson back in a good mood. Uh, I think, I think he's a free agent after this year. Well, then they might need to address quarterback. Actually, yeah, no, he's not. Line, Actually, no, he's not. He might get traded, though. Seattle. Wait a minute. We're talking about potential landing spots for uh, Deshaun Watson. Who's to say we don't see Russell Wilson traded one for one for Deshaun? I think that would be fair for both sides. Yeah, I could see that happening, but. Um... It's hard with Russell. I don't know. Everybody's like, I don't know. Seattle go with a quarterback with baggage like Deshaun Watson. I don't know. I don't think Deshaun Watson will ever play a down down a football again. Oh no, he'll he'll definitely be traded somewhere in the off season. It's just a matter of where and who's willing to cough up the dough. Money talks, bullshit walks. A lot of teams were showing interest in him, even with the uh, legal issues, and Houston was demanding too much. I'm sure at some point in the off season, with how many teams are in desperate need of addressing the quarterback position, somebody's going to take the bait. He also has one of the highest salary caps, though, which... So... All right, we got three more teams. The biggest one worth mentioning, especially with one retirement already and one that's pending that I'm sure is going to come out any day now, Tampa Bay. They're, they've already lost Brady... Chances are they're losing Chris Godwin. Uh, Gronk will probably retire now that Tom's gone. So what are we looking at? Wide receiver? Wide receiver, quarterback. Linebacker, they have Devin White. I don't think that's a problem. You have, what, Nadal Kongsu and Vita Veo on the D-line. So, I mean, maybe corner. Uh, it's hard to say. And uh, Eric's having some temporary te- – the technical difficulties, so I'm sure he'll pipe back in with his opinion on this in a moment. But I mean, who is Tam- who was their backup this year behind Brady? Because see, that's the thing I couldn't even name him. That's like quarterback might be big on their list now too. Okay, what are we doing? Uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, we've already said wide receivers a big one, defense yeah. line, possibly quarterback. Because neither one of us can even think about who they're ba- think of the name of the backup. Uh, I would year. say running back. They're losing Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. They're losing both of them too. Wow. Uh huh. Sue, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, O.J. Howard. <laughs> oh my God, this is a but for top five winning. needs. It's now quarterback, uh, running back, uh, 
defensive tackle, wide receiver, and corner. And possibly tight end. If, well, no, well, no, tight they end. They still got Howard. And yeah, they still got OJ Howard's Howard going to free agency, too, but they might re-sign him. So they're, they're possibly losing both of their top tight ends. Yep. They're possibly losing one of their top wideouts. They just top lost the quarterbacks. Top two running backs. Like it's it's gonna be bad for him. It's gonna be really bad for him. Tampa and, Bay might be more fucked than Pittsburgh this year. And they the are. It's gonna be horrendous for Tampa. I mean, they went all in this year with those one year deals they signed those guys. All right, Tennessee. It's not gonna work. Uh the Titans would have to be a corner, wide receiver, linebacker, edge rusher, and tight end. Yeah. Tight end for sure. All three of their primaries this year. Ferkser. Swaim and Pruitt are all hitting free agency. And also, uh, there are two top linebackers, Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown, I think you say I can't remember how to pronounce it. Jayon Brown? Jayon Brown? I didn't see the edge rusher. Um, Harold Landry's down to free agency, too, as an edge rusher. How long do they have Julio? Was that a long time? He's not a free agent this year, so they still got him. Okay. So they definitely don't need a wide receiver on the field with A.J. Mm, Brown. Nah, I think they're okay at that. A.J. Brown <laughs> seems to be a good duo. All right, and the last team that's left to discuss on this end, which I'm sorry, I, I feel bad because I'm realizing how many teams are in desperate need of the one position that this upcoming draft class is apparently dog shit with. But another team that needs a quarterback in the worst way, Washington football team. Because I'm sorry, Taylor Heineke is not doing it. No, he's a good Patrick, backup. Fitzpatrick's best day. Fitzpatrick's days are probably behind him. How many like, times have they said that? Well, I, I think the uh, Fitz Magic dust ran out. I think it did too. That's why I think he got to draft a quarterback. I think not to mention very good backup, but that's about it. Uh, not to mention looking at need I have is offensive tackle, and it goes linebacker, safety, and corner. That's what I have, the uh, Washington football team. Yeah. Still on the subject of Fitzpatrick, though. Also, unless it's his first, your, your first year with him on your team, do not ever sign that man to more than a one-year deal before moving on past him because look at what he's done the, pl- the past three teams he's been with. Look at what he did with Miami. Had a great first year, sucked the second year. Washington, he did decent last year and blew chunks this year. And going back even before that, to one that hurt me as well, when he was a Jack, great first year. Signed him to like a $15 million contract with a $10 million signing bonus, or maybe it was the other way around. But motherfucker motherfucker hosed us for 25 mil to turn around and play like complete ass for the second year. And he still managed to find a job. That's interesting. And there was still the Fitz Magic in Tampa Bay, right? Wasn't that for a little bit? He came out of nowhere, nowhere the one year. That was yes, that's what, that's why we keep saying Fitz Magic. But or no, it was after. Was it before the Jets or after the Jets? He was actually with Tampa when he did that. The Magic. Yeah, I, no, he went from the Jets to Miami, from Miami to Tampa, from Tampa to Washington. Yes, when he was with Tampa, Fitz Magic was born. Like that. To think this. To think as much as he sucks, he turns around and can and has consistently been able to find jobs. But you got people like Tim Tebow, and even though I'm not the biggest fan of this person, 
and I don't personally rank him that high or that good of a quarterback. Oh, no. You got people like Tim Tebow and Colin Kaepernick. Oh. They can't get a job. Oh, oh, oh. oh don't get me started on Colin Kaepernick. Hey, a lot of people think he's the best thing since sliced bread. I don't. I think he's he had one good season, played back, like but... crap, was a second string quarterback behind Blaine Gabbert, brings negative media attention to himself, and is, is surprised he got cut. You're not a starting quarterback, you're a backup. Not to mention. Not to mention when the NFL was trying to give him a chance to come back, he decides and to was, fucking not oh, Let's change the area. Let's go change the field where I'm going to fucking scout at, you know, and waste half your guys' time. Let's pick a field that's three hours away. And not tell anybody. Not tell anyone until the day of. Oh, my God. Three teams showed up, man. This is racist. I... Unbelievable. I'm sorry, dude. You can hate me for my take. I don't care. You know. I was with uh, I'm sorry. What's your name again? Chris. Chris, what's your take on that? I felt pain for Kaepernick up until he came out with the documentary comparing the NFL combine to slavery. And I was just like, this is kind of like, I just think he's not right in the head. I, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. He's a backup. That, that's what I thought, he did too. Play he Alex said, at the time. Yeah, yeah. He, he said, he's like, oh, yeah, the NFL, you know, the combines, like slavery, you know, they they uh, they get your height, your weight. I'm like, you, I'm like, you know, there's white players, too, right? When you, when you see the dramatization, they show all black players. That's what I mean, yeah. Not, white guys, too, you know. Yeah. Not to mention, you freaking were a backup quarterback at best that got – Stuck that got lucky and ended up with the start starting for a year with an already stacked team. Fucking turn around, you choke in the Super Bowl. You get a lead. You had a lead and then choke in the Super Bowl. Yep. You turn around, you get released because you you start a bunch of unnecessary drama with the league. Yeah, and you thought the 49ers are just gonna keep you like when you're up back like, to Blaine Gabbert. Wayne, not like an Aaron Rodgers. You're back up to Blaine Gabbert. That's pathetic. But then you get released, and instead of accepting the fact that, you know what, I wasn't that good of a quarterback compared to the people in the league to begin with, you start going on this tirade that it's because of racism? Are you kidding me? Well, he claimed it was uh, I'm sorry. He was the fighting NFL for was injustice. Yeah, there was injustice, and he had the deal. And no, I don't know. You know, here's, whenever whenever he got drafted, he was never like this. You notice that it wasn't until we got with his girlfriend now that he's been with for the past three years that he's been psycho batshit insane. Is that? I mean, it's been worse. It's been longer than three years, or four. Excuse me, four or five. I can't remember how long it is. Like like seven at this so point. He got with that chick. Who's super like I hate going into politics on this, but he she's super left, and like after yeah, well, let's let's stop. after he let's, went with her, all of a sudden his views just went shh, like all the way over there. Like he, let's not. He was never like this. So all, all I'm gonna say, I'm gonna keep it like this. He was never like that until he got with her. 
That's it. Let's not go political. And I'm not trying to go political with him. But that's just how it happened. I'm reporting you. actually how it happened. Not okay, but your time frame is way off, bro. What? This happened back in what? 2013. It wasn't 2013. This was. A... No, it wasn't 2013. I was not in high school. No, wait. A little bit after. Wait, 2012 was the year of Tebow. So 2013 was his year with the Jets. Matter of fact, I think. Yeah, it was about 2013, 2014. Oh. When Kaepernick, when Kaepernick started his started. This was, the this was exactly the year 2016, actually. That happened. Yeah, I would agree. Because him and Tebow both got blackballed from the league. Why you're in school 2015? Here we go. Um, so it was the year after. So it'd be. 2015-2016. I'm fact-checking real quick. I, I know it was definitely way later than that. I was way out of high school. <coughs> Anyways, we've pretty it. much addressed the team's needs. And let's not get too uh, busy. September 1st, on... 2016. Let's not get too busy dwelling on this. I'm not. Let's move on to more of the coaching carousel situation because... Uh, I, I wish Kevin was here so that I could apologize because I incorrectly corrected him last week. Yeah. When we were talking about the Jackson. I kind of let you do that. I wanted you to dig yourself a hole. <clears throat> well, the article I was seeing, the article I was seeing did not mention Leftwich. It I don't know why. He's like one of the biggest names. It mentioned the two that I said. It mentioned McCown and it mentioned Heinz Ward, but it did not mention Leftwich. So. Yeah, that's weird. But, you know, I, I, I would like to see Leftwich there. I think he's a former quarterback for that team, too. That's why it would be cool. Uh, also, um, there's a uh, there's been one hiring so far I saw was Josh McDaniels for the Raiders. Which I think is bullshit. I think they should have given the job to Richie Bisaccia. I think Bisaccia should have got it, too, but what the hell are you going to do? I agree. I'm big on McDaniels just because when I see somebody like Hunter Renfro and what he did with Edelman and what he did with Wes Welker, I feel like with that offense, he can maybe turn it into something like the old Patriots had. Obviously, you don't have Tom Brady at quarterback, but... I think this is the last chance for a, a Belichick assistant, right? Like, yeah, it has to be. Have you have you seen the uh, history of Belichick? I think it's forty percent. Uh, other teams, percentage. it's not very yeah. good. No, uh, I think their closest one to being good was the guy who took over the Jets in like the mid two thousands, uh, Mangini. Yeah, Eric Mangini. I think Mangini was probably like the only one that could really I thought he was really well, wasn't he at the Browns coach for a little bit? No Jet and no Jets. Yeah, he went to the Browns uh, he he did go to the Browns at one point too. Yeah. What Belichick? No, Mangini. No, Mangini. Oh, Mangini was a started Browns. his career with the Browns. Uh well no no man I thought Mangini was like a ball boy and uh Belichick kinda of took him under his wing. I read the whole story on that. Yeah, but I'm saying after he left New England he did come to the Jets, and I believe after the Jets, he went to Cleveland. Like I was going to say, definitely after the Jets, he would go to Cleveland. But yeah, yeah, no, that would definitely, like, at first, an timeline. Tell you so. Have the Raiders announced their GM yet? Or is yeah. That, who, the who's GM that? was first. The GM's the one, the one that hired McDaniels. I, okay. I just can't remember his name. Hold on. Let me let me uh, Google this real quick. So, does that mean Pisacci is basically getting fired? He much. already did. He had an interview with the Chicago Bears for special teams. What? I believe I read. After yeah, all was, that, he's to be a special teams coach? After all of that, coach? it was a special teams coach, yeah. 
Oh yeah, the Raiders. The new Raiders GM is Dave Ziegler. He uh, was the. He's had 12 years of NFL experience, most recently having served as the Patriots director of player personnel. Okay, that's a fancy way of saying I'm kind of like a GM, but I'm really not. Head scout, basically. Yeah, like I said, I'm kind of like a GM, but I'm really not. Like another Mike Mayock? Would have probably been the GM if Belichick would let them hire a GM. Nope, he is the head coach and GM. One of the few to do it. But, you know. Yeah, head of player personnel. So, like, I am the GM, but I'm really not. Like, I'm just, like, I just get paid. That's all. Like, All right. Have we heard any updates on the other coach situations that are going on? Uh, like, where was it? Nola's looking for a new coach. Well, uh, I know that Brian Flores got a interview at the Saints and at a, um, I believe it was Minnesota. Not Dolphins. Sorry, that's where he came from. The Saints, and I think there's another team like the Texans, but they just hired someone. I think. I think Texans. Uh, I also heard that he's suing the NFL for alleged racism and hiring. Yes, Brian Flores. That's what we were getting ready. What I was referring to when I said we'd touch more on his drama earlier. He is currently open. He is, he is a currently open lawsuit pending against the NFL against three teams, the Dolphins, Broncos, and Giants, alleging that they have discriminatory interview processing, specifically by Denver and New York. And he's claiming that his firing by Miami was racially motivated as well. Um, it's saying that they tried, it's saying that the, Miami owner Stephen uh-huh. Ross, yeah, was trying to uh incentivize him to tank the season, offering him a hundred thousand dollar bonus for every loss this back in 2019. Yeah, the tank for Tua, yeah. And apparently, uh, Ross was getting pissed off at him because he was actually doing decent and winning games. Yeah, see, they were the first overall pick, like, potential for a while, and, like, he just won a couple games, and then it ended up not getting to the tank for Tua. But they ended up getting Tua anyway, so what the f- I don't understand. Um, his complaints against the Giants are saying that, that they interviewed him last month for the coach job uh-huh. for no other reason than the Rooney role, because the... Face it with the thanks to okay, and, okay, okay, good. I'm glad you brought up the Rooney rule. I think it's just total bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, you should you need to hire the guy based on the best skills. Okay, this isn't 1962 where that rule is actually needed. Okay, we're in the modern era of 2022 now. Like, nobody, I think, like, less than one percent of the population thinks like a bunch of assholes. Can we agree on that? Yeah. I mean, you're from West Virginia. You might not like. I don't know about West Virginia people, but majority of the country does not think like that anymore. Vast of them. So I don't understand why we still have this obsolete rule that's not needed anymore. I'm sorry. I, I don't think. I just don't think it's needed. There's no point of it. I, that that's why you're seeing this. It's because of that rule. That's why they specifically hired him just to get that out of the way. That's why I think you saw it. I mean, 
I don't think it had anything to do with Brian Flores. It has to do with that stupid fucking Rooney rule. I mean, the Rooney rule hasn't all doesn't necessarily always end badly, though. Think about it. It got the Steelers arguably the uh, one of the greatest three, the top five coaches in the league today, the most winning coach in their history. I mean, looking here, Tomlin's record, 143-92-2. Tomlin's not. There are only two active coaches in the league that have a better win percentage. And in case you're wondering who, the Tomlin's win, win percentage is like a 65.4. The only two coaches that have him beat that are active – are oh fuck Mike McCarthy and the fucking Bill Belichick are the only two coaches that have a better winning percentage than Mike Tomlin. Okay. I mean, in his what 15 seasons with the Steelers, he's made it to the playoffs nine times. One year with Super Bowl. He's eight and nine in the playoffs. So. Won you a Super Bowl, has pulled seasons out of his between him and Ben. Okay, Steelers have pulled seasons out of their ass that they okay. should have not even been in the discussion for the playoffs. I will give you. There. I will give you that Mike Tomlin is one of the best regular season coaches. Well, I, I agree with you on that. Yes, I love him in the regular season. You know, we're, we're we're very competitive. Let's look at the past. Uh, I don't know, twelve years, three playoff wins in the last twelve years. Uh, we're like what three and twelve now. But how many of those seasons should they've even been in the playoffs? Not very matter. many. We're playing like shit when it matters. We need to play when we actually have to go to a damn Super Bowl. I mean, our last win was against the um, against the Chiefs without Smith. For Christ's sake, it's that's horrible. And the last four playoff games. Letting up more than 40 points that is terrible. That needs to change. I'm glad Keith Butler is retiring. We need a different defensive coordinator. You know what? Fire them all except Matt Canada because we need help. Honestly, though, look at the teams that he's had to work with. Tomlin hasn't really Damn had the good. greatest of rosters. He hasn't really had the greatest of rosters, which you might this get year, your yes. answer here. This, I mean, this next coming year, you're still kind of fucked because... Yeah. Uh, but even though, as what he, when he had Troy Polamalu, Brett Kiesel, he had James Ferrier for Christ's sake, um, Lamar Woodley, he's had guys like Heinz Ward, Mike Wallace, uh, Antonio Brown, um, Le'Veon Bell. That's another good running back. I guess Rashard Mendenhall. He did go to. His- I mean, other than Brown. And Bell, all those people you just named were on the team when they won the Super Bowl in 05. Yeah, and guess what? He couldn't do shit after that. What the fuck happened? He has like, what, three what, eight, eight was years with those guys? Most of them. How do you take a Hall of Fame defense like that and have three, eight, and eight years with them? Just but don't understand it. Most of those names were also still on the on the team when Tomlin, not because Coward took them in 05. Most of those players were still on the team when Tomlin took them in 09. I just, I just don't know. I don't. I don't know. We need to play better in the playoffs. Ever since, ever since Cower walked away and Kevin Colbert's been the one picking their drafts, the Steelers roster has gone down. I Tom was gonna say he wanted, uh, he wanted Jarvis Jones in uh, twenty fifteen. You see how the Jarvis Jones project went? Yeah, he wanted uh, Jason Worlds. We drafted him in twenty twelve. 
uh, he decided to become a Jehovah's Witness and retire early. So, what I'm saying though is, Colbert, unfortunately, he's fucking the team one last time because he's waiting until after the draft to step down. But Colbert's now, retiring. Most it's teams do that with a retiring GM. They let the retiring GM pick the last year. They do that, and it's not Steelers that just do that. A lot of teams do that. So. But he's stepping down, so you got one more year of probably shit drafting, and then hopefully Pittsburgh finds the right guy to help him build. Um, I thought, see, I don't think Colbert's like, I think Colbert's just like a sit-in, really. Like, you know, it's like, hey, here's a guy. You know, give him the title. Because Mike Tomlin has, like, the final say in all of his picks. Honestly. He liked Artie Burns. Burns, the Tomlin guy. Burns sucked. Um, I just, I don't, I don't like Tomlin's drafting. We still have Tomlin. Tomlin still has final say in the end on all the picks. They've said it before in the past that Tomlin basically picks the team in the draft. Yeah, it's all right. I think we've pretty much covered all bases on football at this yeah. for, for now. Yes, I'm what do you tired of talking about more about Tom if we keep it up. Yeah, let's not lead to a fist fight here. I say at this point, since we got somebody that actually has good knowledge of the sport here with us tonight, let's turn the show over to Chris for a while. What's going on with basketball? Um, in the NBA, uh, right now, LeBron James is out. For an extended period, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yes. <laughs> surgery after a broken left foot. Uh, Tyra Hero had a bounce back game for the Heat. There you go. The Memphis Grizzlies. Oh Memphis Grizzlies nine and one in their last ten. John Morant is in the MVP talks. Underrated, underrated player finally uh, showing out. Thank God. Um, let's see. Denver's 4-0 in the last week after struggling, so. The NBA to me this year has been very, uh, I don't know, it's been very up and down. Like, when you look at it compared to recent past, there's been dominant teams, but this year there's not really, like, anybody that's dominant. Like, we had all these powerhouses form with the Nets getting James Harden, and then they got Kevin Durant and... They're really not that good. Kevin Durant's been injured. You look at Kyrie Irving. He can only play the away games. He can't oh, play. What else is new? Durant's hurt half vaccinated. the year. Yeah. The Lakers are below 500 right now. I mean. Uh, yeah. I hate the Lakers. Sorry. The Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard. Uh, it's just been. For me, the NBA has just kind of been a disappointing season overall. Yeah, Besides Clay Thompson coming back and. Golden State has probably been the... Whoa. Chicago Bulls are the first place team right now? In the yep. East. Whoa. We haven't heard that since the early 90s. Yeah, I know. Maybe. Holy shit. Go Bulls. That's my team this year. That's what I mean. I just thought... You said there's no dominant teams. Oh, I see the Phoenix Suns being 40-9 and nine right now. I mean, the Suns, though, I'm saying, like, as far as powerhouses, they're dominant, but, like, last year the Jazz were 40-9, and nine and they lost in the first round of the playoffs. So, I mean... I just feel like there's no team that you're looking at that's like you're not going to touch them, like the Heat in the right. previous days, or Golden State when they had Kevin Durant. You know, I'm loving it. You know, L.A. Lakers at 24 and 27. You know, let's just keep that going, baby. <laughs> I, I hate LeBron James. I'm so glad they're. I'm not a big LeBron guy either. So, I can't stand LeBron. All the money they brought in and just 
I mean, uh, I'm a 76ers fan. You know, we're, we're we're third place in the East right now. So, well, how do you feel about the whole Ben Simmons situation? And- uh, I think Ben Simmons needs to quit acting like a bitch. Yep, I agree with you. Uh, you know, like he's, he's like fucking he us. Uh, we could be like we could be 41 and nine. He's on the team with this roster we got, and we're ended up being 31 and 19. I mean, we're still yep. third place. That's a good. That's a good seed to have in the playoffs. In terms, but he's also in the talks every single season for defensive player of the year. So I mean, you're but you know we we, we 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 got Embiid. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, M- Embiid's been leading us just fine. Um, if I, I think when it comes to NBA, my predict, I think it's going to be Suns and Bucks again. I think it's going to be a rematch at the end of the season. I don't think Brooklyn. I don't think Golden State or any of these teams are going to match up to to those two again. Oh hell, I'm going to say Lakers. I think, I, I think Chicago Bulls are making it, baby. <laughs> But yeah, no. I mean, Joel Embiid. He's averaging twenty nine points per game. That is insane for a uh, center to do that, especially in this uh, era. Um, ten ten point eight rebounds a game. Um, averaging a double double every game is pretty good. Pretty impressive. But yeah, I also he, feel like for him, he hasn't really had many pieces around him. I mean, he also he game. averages one point four blocks a game. And like second place in blocks per game is Matisse Thibel. Thibel is a hell of a defender, a shooting guard. So, I do like the 76ers. I like their chances even without Ben Simmons. Uh, fuck Ben Simmons right now. Not a big fan of him at the moment. No, and they said they're not trading him. They're just going to hold on to him and kind of force him to sit there and wait. Until <laughs> Good. Don't let the bad leave. Yeah, I mean, since we're talking about basketball, let's talk about current scores at the moment. We got Detroit leading by two against the Pelicans. We got Milwaukee up uh, 12 points against Washington. Miami's up five points against Toronto. Now four, just changed. Chicago's up six against Orlando. Orlando sucks. Um, Minnesota's up 22 on Denver. Oh, my God. And San Antonio's actually up five points against Golden State in the first quarter. I also feel uh, Denver is like the, or not Denver, Orlando is like the Detroit of the NBA. They are just, yeah, they are. They're, they're god awful. The fact that Chicago's already up five points, you know, I might have to take it back to them winning the NBA championship. Uh, if, you, yeah. if you blow them out as the first seed, you got problems. Uh, if I look at this Orlando Magic record, they're 11 and 40. Definitely the best odds of getting the first overall pick. And if I look at these other teams, uh, it's safe to say they'd probably give it to Houston, larger market. Of course, I that was another thing. It, we know it's not. That was another thing too with the NBA lottery being rigged. Yeah, right, well, that, that's a discussion for a later day at the moment. Yeah, but we know they're going to give it to Houston. It's probably going to happen. Not get I'll be honest. So, another thing I want to talk about here: a good NBA talk. Um, I know there's not a lot to talk about during regular season. Just how it is in the NBA. Um, another thing we can talk about here, MLB lockout. Uh, it's looking like it's serious. I don't think we've seen anything like it since 1994 in terms of the lockout. Uh, the two sides are interesting. This is definitely one of the most... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Button heads like this. My vocabulary is not very good right now, but. Hey, Jay, look, I'm, 
it's like Hogan Andre. It's like the immovable object versus an irresistible force here. Oh, because pretty much. Side, yeah, we got WrestleMania three going on in the labor talks right. It's now. like neither side is willing to budge right now, and it's insane. Like, uh huh. So let's go over the sides and uh, let's have our takes on it. So I'm gonna go. I mean, Eric, go ahead, lead us through because you're yeah. the one that looked up what they wanted. I'm the one that was looking up the dates. So okay, so here we go. Seven. Here's what, what I got for the on? sides, and we can have our takes on it. You know, we don't have to make it long. We're gonna make it short. Uh, the owners, they want to replace the whole arbitration thing. They want to eliminate arbitration for uh, players in their fourth, fifth, and sixth seasons. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys uh, take on that? Because uh, it looks like they're paid, even if you are one of the best players. I mean, over six years. I think it's ridiculous that, like, arbitration and free agency for baseball, like, when you're drafted, it's like you're fucked. Any other sport, you got, what, Three, four years three, four. on your entry level. Uh, yeah, so like football, it, it could be five years in football. Yeah. Um, and then hockey. Uh, it's a three-year entry-level deal. Yes, but it's also NHL experience to add it. So like after I think like two years, you become an RFA for like a couple more years. So like if you're in the minors a long time, you'll be on RFA deals for a minute. It sucks. Uh, but... So, like, yeah, a lot of the sports have that. But, yeah, they want to completely replace arbitration. Fuck half mediator. Pick a side. That's what they want. Uh, owners also want to lower the luxury tax threshold. Um, so, like, uh, there's a certain point you can't go up after that. It's kind of like a salary cap, but the only punishment is you have to pay a fine. They want to lower that threshold. Um, that's a lot of shit to go over financials. We're not here to talk about financials. Uh, they want more revenue sharing. They want more percentage going to the owners than they do the players. I mean, the owners already get the entire TV deal. The players, yeah, what more do you want? I mean, when which which is what makes fucking all the money anyways, because what's the gate for a baseball game typically? Uh, Maybe cheap. a couple hundred thousand, whereas the TV contracts are like millions per game. Uh-huh. So I, I don't understand why the owners think they need more money in their pocket. Uh, they want to do later free agency. What I mean by that is right now you have to play six years with the same club on the major league level. They want to bump that up to eight. I think that is ridiculous. The fact that when you're a major league player, you don't make it till you're 26. Okay, you play till you're 34. Are you going to get that big money deal you want by the end? No, you're going to be washed up, right? Like, I think that's bullshit. I yeah, I don't agree with that. I think that needs cut in half and be three. Yeah, years. I think that needs to be three years, four years. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, they want to strengthen the luxury tax. That's a whole other subject. Uh, and then expanded playoffs. Yeah, you heard it. And this is I'm going to go in depth a little bit, not a lot, but in depth a little bit on the expanded playoffs. Right now, it's ten teams. I think it's perfect the way it is. You have your best team in each league. Uh, get get basically a couple day break, right? Because they have to play the wild card game. Which is fine. I, I disagreed with the whole wild card game when I was a kid, but I got used to it now. It's fun. Although I did have to watch the Yankees get beat last season. I know you can laugh now. Um, if you're a Yankee hater. If not, thank God. Well, that's two out of three, I'd say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, expanded playoffs. So, they won 14 teams. What that means is, uh, owners, if you can make it in the playoffs with an 85-win team or 83-win team, do you really think it's going to incentivize them to pay more on the payroll for another player? No. Not at all. 
Because that playoff ticket revenue, you could still skyrocket the prices. You know, make you make your money that way. You don't need to get that good hitter or that good pitcher. So I disagree with the expanded playoffs. Um, and also they want a pitch clock. Uh, the owners. And that's just going to totally throw off pitchers' timing. Uh, we're going to see games go a hell of a lot different. We're going to see more 12 to 10 games. Uh, you know, higher scoring. I don't. I don't agree with the pitch clock. Some people might like it for shorter games, but I don't like it. On the players' side, uh, we got. They want no luxury tax because they want to make more money for themselves. I agree. You are away from your damn family six months a year, uh, playing every single day. You only get three days off a month. Yeah, three days off. Three six days a week. You're, 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 yeah, three days off a month. Can you imagine that? Imagine if you had to work every single day and you only had three days off a month. Would you guys like kill yourselves at your job? Yeah, on top of traveling from city to I, I city. I wouldn't know. That's where I'm stuck at now. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But like, it's, that, that's ridiculous. Uh, they want to have earlier free agency, which I think they want to stop it at three years or four. I can't remember if it was three or four. I want to say. Um, they want free agency reduced to. Anybody being eligible at 29 and a half years of age with five years of playing experience is what the players are pushing for. Oh, okay. So is it 29 and a half and or five years of experience? I believe so. Okay. I'm not All 100%. Right. You know, I, I can get with that because you could still make serious money at 29. So, okay. I can go with that. I, I like their position there. They want no revenue sharing. Uh, I didn't really look too much depth into that, but, uh, Sounds like to me. Okay, I I know what that is. So basically, you know, you got uh, they they add up the revenue for the current year and they split it with all the owners. They say fuck that shit, get rid of that. Um, with the whole revenue sharing, they each team gets that amount of dollars. They want a higher minimum salary. Did you know the minimum salary in the major leagues is like only five hundred thousand dollars? No, I didn't, but I would agree that that needs to be higher. That is terrible. And yeah. players want a universal DH, and that's mostly by the pitchers. I'm on board with that. The league have said, look, dude, if, if I'm going to play in the National League, I want more money because I'm hitting too. I think that makes sense. If you're not, gonna, if you're not going to um, you know, give a universal DH, at least pay me more money in the National League. And I agree, but... Sides. Who do you guys side with? I know who I well, side, I side, I side with the players. players. There's one other big point that the players want addressed, What's, uh, and that's tanking. They want they want there to be a minimum sal minimum salary team salary that like owners have to put out to be competitive because you got issues with a lot of teams. I believe Houston was brought up, or not Houston, but um, uh, Tampa. Tampa's a big Tampa was brought up as their annual salary is only forty million a yeah. year. And yeah. that's less than, that's like what, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like a hundred million less than 14 teams in the league. Yep. Like that's ridiculous. I mean, right. Tampa Bay is a small market. So granted, you have to give them a little bit of leeway there, but I think they could squeeze out $90 million and still be a, they'd be a great team at that point. They, why, they why is it in baseball that, it's such a difference in like salary compared like to Pirates to the Dodgers. Well, there's like, there's no pay? minimum and there's no because maximum. there's no salary cap or salary floor in baseball. It's just, all based like, off of whatever the owner feels like throwing out. 
Because yes. you have players like Mike Trout makes more than probably what the Pirates' whole team times four. Uh, yes, that's the problem, right? Like the Pirates, I think, have seventy-two million dollar payroll. That's what it was. Yeah, that's 70. just players. That's just players. yeah. That's just the players, but still, um, like. like and that, yeah, what I mean by that, that's that's their major league payroll. Seven. I mean, that's their their payroll for one year is less. Like the the Pirates' payroll for an entire year for their players is less than what Mach- Manny Machado's current contract is for. Just, is what he's doing. The thing. The Baseball doesn't have no minimum threshold. They don't have a maximum threshold. It's a whatever the fuck you feel like threshold. Okay, like. You and I could own a major league baseball team tomorrow, get a whole bunch of investors, and we could just pay ten dollars for our whole team if we wanted to. There's no minimum. <laughs> uh, you can only get so far doing that. Um, like every other league has a minimum you have to pay. I think in the, uh, the NHL, you have to pay a minimum of sixty-eight million on your salary uh, for like your player payroll. I believe the NFL has a minimum of like ninety million dollars or eighty-five. Somewhere around there. But the point is they have a minimum you have to spend on. As well as a maximum. That- I know the NBA has one, but a lot of a lot of teams in the NBA go over and just take the, the fine or the... Oh, yeah. NBA, the NBA don't have a salary cap. cap. They have a very, very loose luxury tax. Yep. It's very... Um, so that's why you're able to create super teams. And I think in their CBA, they need to address that. Yeah, it needs fixed. Um... I think it's ridiculous that there's no competitive balance in the NBA. But he, like, how does a fucking sport like baseball have more competitive balance than the fucking uh, NBA? That has limitations. I, I don't understand that. I don't know. What do I know? But there you go. That's your take. Who do you guys side with? Owners or players? I completely disagree with the owners. I'm with the players. I'm with I think the players, it should be, too. I'm with the short and free agency. I'm with the higher salary cap. The 600k a year is just. Honestly, I agree. I I'm more of the player side of things because it's ridiculous. Like, think about it. There's teams. I mean, yeah, there's. So you got to deal with it in football too, even with the salary cap, salary floor. But there's teams in the MLB where you go to, you know, you ain't even got a snowball's chance in hell. <clears throat> Not to mention, you can, if you're a good player. And you're due to get money that you, you can just get delegated down to the miners and get stuck there for how many years just to keep you at your fucking current rate instead of getting the money you're owed. That's a no brainer. That- mm-hmm. Especially when you're drafted, like, <coughs> if you're drafted like Baltimore, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they well, here's the thing, right? So, that whole like minimum threshold of like going to free agency that's six years, like. They send you down, call you up, send you down, call you up, so your MLB service time doesn't add up to that. That's what I wanted to ask about, too. Chris Bryant, that was a situation, right, with his service time. I think he was at, like, 171 days when the Cubs brought him up, and he needed to be at 172. Yep, to be eligible to talk to any team, and they just said, nope, you're going to stay with yep. us. <laughs> Arbitration time. Like, what the so fuck they kind of have full control on the players, which is why I'm, t- I'm on the player's side. Yeah, I right. think they need a little bit more freedom in terms of free agency. Yeah. Um, for sure. And can I just mention that fucking Rob Manfred's a fucking idiot, like, firsthand as a commissioner. Like, he is not doing anything to help either side come to an agreement. He's like, I agree with the owners. The players are selfish cocksuckers is basically what he's saying. Okay? And, like, 
You're not supposed to do that. That's why we have this problem in the first place. You're not mediating. You're not delegating. You're not. It's like, oh, the owners are right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you can't be like that. You have to have some middle ground with the players. All right. So there's my tirade. We've got pretty. We pretty much got the info on what's going on with the C with the uh, CBA lockout here, and what is going like why there's a big issue. Now let's talk about important dates here, like deadlines we need to follow if we're going to have baseball. Because right now, I'll say this much: the first date on this timeline of of deadlines was today. We are already in the danger zone with this shit. Like today was the deadline that a CBA had to be agreed for us to have had a full spring training before the season. After this, in order for them to have a chance at a full 162 game season, we got less than a week because February 7th is the deadline for that. Yep. That's when the teams start to meet up February 7th to start. If it goes beyond the seventh, if it goes beyond the seventh, March 1st would have been opening day. Well, but spring training opening day, opening day doesn't happen until March or April. So, well, no, it's still considered – it would have been opening day for the season. So, oh, yeah, but that's still spring training. If you want, like, regular season opening day, that's April. That, 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 to me, opening day is regular season. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would have been um, – March April. 15th would be for a four-series four, four delayed open, meaning that it would cut each team's season short by approximately 14 games. Which is already bad because we're losing baseball, and who doesn't want to see America's pastime back on TV? Yeah, right. I, I mean, I want to see. I want to see what the Yankees do. I mean, there's no free agency going on right now. That's what sucks. You know, like, we don't know who the hell's going to go where. There's a lot of deals that went up this year. Um, it just sucks. We're getting robbed of that. Um, can I also mention that the players are also pissed off during these disputes? There's a lot of uh, conspiracies going on. Uh, regarding to, and I guess they're saying in 2019 the balls were juiced, so pitchers would get paid less in free agency. And then now in 2021, they decided to, instead of juice the balls, do the opposite effect, so hitters weren't hitting it as far. That's why we saw home run counts down. I mean, do we think this conspiracy is true in paying players? I mean, if you look at patterns of some certain teams, yeah, I would see that. 100%. I can see. All right. I don't know about you. But I'm with the ball tankering. I, I feel like they definitely had something to do or put something inside the balls. Yeah, I think they did that too. Because the players would know, I feel like, more than them as far as how it's coming off the bat, how it feels in general. I mean, if you're like, man, I'm hitting the ball hard as I was last year, but it's not going over the fence. I mean, something's up. I mean, Pete Alonzo and the Mets brought that up. Uh, because the hitters were like, and like every single hitter, you could just see their yeah. Just then they also do a rule change mid season. Who the fuck does a rule change mid season? What yeah, I don't agree with that either. You tell me that they do a rule change mid season. I'm not a big rule change guy. I kind of like. I mean, it's, at certain points you need them, but like, I just kind of like everything as. I mean, they fucked with the baseballs for. 50-plus years, almost 100-plus years, and all of a sudden it's a big problem. Yep. I don't know. All right, we do have a couple more dates to talk about here. Go ahead. Sorry. Like, I had to go on a tangent. If we get a CBA by March 14th, 15th, 
it would only be a four series loss on a season, which yeah, that's about 14 games for each team that we'd lose, but still not that bad. Beyond I mean, I'd that, be all right with it. I'd be all right. Yeah. Beyond that, if we stretched this through till May 1st, chances are we're losing 62 games from each team because uh, at that point May 1st would be for a hundred game season. So a hundred games COVID still season? is all okay. How long was the COVID Trouble once it hit 60 games? So they're still going to have a season, even if it's 100. I would, you would assume. At that point, yeah. Yeah. I mean, past May 1st, anything short of coming up with something between then and June 15th, it's going to be up for debate. June 15th would be is when the All-Star break is scheduled. So if we don't have a CBA until shortly before that, we're looking at maybe a 60-game season with them using the All-Star break as the catalyst to get people back which I don't know how they're going to pick an all-star team when they haven't played it all year, all year, but that's what we're looking for. It would be basically playoff what votes. I mean, random votes. Uh, so at that point, you know what? At that point, if we're only going to get 60 games or less, just fucking cancel it. Like, yeah. Obviously. Like, I mean, you're not going to – I don't know. Well, that's – there's still a bit of time from that. If Here. we get a decision by June 15th, we could still do a 60-game season, which is still more than we had last year. We had a full 162-game season in 2020. 2020 uh, is a 60-game season. Yeah. It, was, it was less than that. It was only a 52-game season. Mm. It was either 52 or 54-game oh. season is what we had. With the uh, and, hold on a minute. They even allowed to cover baseball? Holy crap, ESPN's website. They don't have nothing on MLB. Oh, my God. Wow. They took down the standings last year. But if we don't have an... No, they didn't. If we don't have... No, nope, it was a 462-game season, 2021. All right, what was it in 2020? 2020 was 60. 60. That's what I was trying to say. I thought it was less than that. but yep. So basically, if, we get, if it drags through to June 15th, we'll be doing another COVID year. Yeah, at that point, I just say cancel the damn thing. Beyond that, if it gets to August 1st, all we can say is better luck next year because. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to play 30 games. So is that even really worth it? Like, In, in like long term or even short term, but is this hurting the owners more than the players? Yes, um, it is. They're, they are getting no revenue right Yeah, they're out this lockout. They're not allowed to sell jerseys. They're not allowed to sell. And, like, I remember, like, you know, uh, my, my fiance was telling me she wanted to give me an Aaron Judge jersey. They are not selling nothing with any wow. on it. That, they're not allowed. Crazy. They're, they're not allowed to talk it. to yeah. coaches. Like literally, there's a there's a major league player and a minor league coach of brothers. They were at Christmas dinner. They weren't even allowed to talk to each other. It's illegal. Wow. And that makes me think all these season ticket holders, I mean, have to be pissed off. You're not gonna get a season. I mean, you yeah, and but like, you're not gonna lose money, money, but you better hope you lose your damn season tickets either. Yeah. I mean uh, they won't. Scary thing as a season ticket holder whenever the league's going to lock out. It's terrible. Um, I remember the NFL in 2011, you know, they locked out for four months. We thought there was going to be no fucking way there was going to be a season. But they eventually did come up with a deal in July, in July that year, in 2011. But it came this close. This fucking close. A month before training camp. Or like two weeks before training camp. They got close. I think my prediction for this lockout, baseball is known for having lockouts that just ruin the whole season. I don't see this going. 
Uh, it's it's going to lock out. There's going to no season this year in baseball. I don't see it happening. It's not well, happening. Definitely we can pray because... Yeah, it's th- th- this summer is going to suck. Yeah, this summer is basically on. I mean, uh, it's either watch MLS. We need them. Or that's it. That's all you're gonna get. I mean, we got the AFL coming back. Wait, oh, wait a second. Spring into the summer, we do have the USFL. I mean, For USFL, that was what it was. So we got that. XFL comes back next year. You know, baseball still likes to put their fucking dick in between their legs. You know, not play. <laughs> I mean. Got Korean baseball. This is 1994 all over again in the MLB. Not to mention, we st- thank God we still got hockey up until about June. Yeah, hockey until June for the Stanley Cup, but after June, what the hell do we got? <laughs> NASCAR? MLS? Yeah. I mean... There's not much going on. Yeah, a- MLS soccer. That's pretty much all you're going to get. Hey, you know what? If it means we get to go watch and cover college volleyball, I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't think they play it till the fall, but... Shit. I know. So, what the hell are we going to talk about in the summer, man? This is going to suck. Well, guys, get ready for NASCAR and pro wrestling. I guess we want to bring up pro wrestling. National Breeze Day, guys. I guess we could talk about all-time greats in each sport, you know? Um, I feel like a lot of the talk... Two redrafts about, in sports? That'd be cool, dude. That's good when the NFL starts getting popping in June for free agent. I mean, June, July is when yeah. we'll start talking about it again. All I right. Baseball talk, and then call him Rob Manfred and a fucking idiot, because he is one of the worst. I think he's worse in the four major sports um, in terms of just to- being a total inept dummy. He is definitely number one. Uh, for sure. Number two would be Roger Goodell. He's Gary Bettman. And then four, you got, you know, Adam Silver. There's my rankings. Hmm. <laughs> uh, you got to throw Dana White in there somewhere. Well, I'm not talking about the four major sports. Like team sports. Oh, okay. Like combat sports. I like Dana White. I think he's an excellent guy. I actually like him. All right, but... But let's go to hockey to... talk. we got to talk about hockey talk. Uh, we talked about Edmonton uh, we last week. We didn't hockey, did we? Whoops. We, Can we, uh... we say I was right? Evander Kane signed the Edmonton Oilers. I think it's a one-year deal, right? For the remainder of this season, yes. Yes, okay. So, so it is essentially a one-year deal, in quotes. Um, the, Has he played it? So I don't know what the money is. I do know it's going to help him out of his bankruptcy, you know, that he's kind of in, uh, still dealing with. Um, but I think this is a terrible sign. He is a locker room cancer. I don't see him helping out this team with a locker room that's already in shambles and hating each other and Dry Seidel and McDavid's yapping in each other's ears. We know it's happening, right? I think a lot of that's calmed down, though. If you look at the standings now, yeah. Climbed their way back into it pretty well. But yeah, they, they're good. Okay, so they went before like we recorded last week, they had just been in last place in the Pacific, and at this point in time, and overall, they are. Give me one second to get this stat up. Edmonton has jumped up to one, two, three, four, fifth place in the Pacific, 
with 47 points. That puts them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth overall. So they're only two spots out of the, they're only two seeds out of playoff can playoff seed contention right now. So I'd say they've done a pretty good job of getting their shit together and bringing Vander Kane in, somebody that you know is going to score and can get you points, can only help also, them get better. A locker room cancer. Yeah, but again, like we mentioned last week, the same would have been said for Zach Cassian before they brought him in, and look at how they turned him around. I think if they could turn Zach Cassian around, uh, as much of an asshole as he was, I think Evander Kane's in good hands. Let's hope so, because uh, Buffalo tried to turn him around. That didn't work. He was with the Jets, a good team like the Jets. That didn't work for him. Sharks, that didn't work. I mean... I just think when it comes to Vander Kane, too, look at the location. Like, to go from Las Vegas, now you're in Edmonton. I mean, he wasn't with Vegas. Oh, he wasn't? San Jose. I know he was with San Jose. For some reason, somebody was like, oh, he has the gambling problem. He was in Vegas. So that's why. Oh, he might I have been in that. Vegas gambling. Yeah. Play for Vegas. Yeah, that's well, what it was. Saying, he was in Vegas gambling have... a lot, but he never ever, like, um, he never played for him. Okay, I got that mixed up. But I, that's what I'm saying. With his gambling issue, I don't feel like Edmonton is a good fit in general, though, either way. It's cold there. He's going to be stuck inside. I mean, all he's going to be doing is gambling, I feel like. Is gambling legal in Edmonton, though? Uh, I mean, uh, you think the I know in Ontario they got casinos and shit, but I don't think, I don't think uh, sports betting. You know what? I do have ESPN Plus when I do watch a Canadian game. They do have, like, their own little sports betting sites up there. So it depends on the province, I guess. I don't know how Alberta works. I know Ontario loves that shit. And how much was this contract? I watch Toronto games a lot. So, uh, yeah. Like, did they give him, like, you know, nickels and dimes for... Uh, I don't know what the money is on it, but I think... Peter Kane's going to bite him in the ass. You know, he's going to cause a lot of problems later on. I can see, and I can see... I don't like this signing. Uh, um, it's actually pretty decent for Kane, I'd say, given that he's already missed half the season. If we're looking at a prorated seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars salary with a six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars signing bonus, you said seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for this year. Prorated, so I'm assuming seven fifty is if he would have played the full season. What the hell's prorated mean? Yeah, I mean, prorated basically means it's um based off of time missed. Uh, like, <laughs> like if your games land- have been played, so like what, uh, forty? So, so if you do that, so he would have got a one point five million dollar deal if he would have played the whole season. Basically, is what you're saying. What? One more time. I'm sorry. So what you're saying is, so right now we're basically forty games in. It's like half the season. Yes. Um, and based on that, he would basically would have got a $1.5 million deal if he would have played the whole season. From the game. Well, I'm trying to figure this one out right now because it's saying it's a prorated salary is when you divide an employee's wages proportionally to what they actually worked. So right, so that's seven, essentially what it is, yeah. So if 750 is his rate, I'm not sure if that means 750 is what it would have been over a full 82 games no. or if that's what he's going to get for the remaining 42. Right, so he would have basically, if he had signed for the whole year, 82 games, he would have got a $1.5 million deal. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, my take, it's not going to work. 
I disagree. I think it's going to solve, like, A, the locker room that they've got and the fact that they were able to turn Cassian around will probably have a positive effect on Kane. Yeah. He's known to be a good – he's a hell of a goal scorer, so I think putting him up on the line with Puljujavari and Dreisaitl, which is where I'm still projecting that he goes, yeah. will probably increase their output and continue – not only continue the positive trend that Edmonton's been showing, but increase their offense. And I see them being able to claw their way back in and uh, take a mid-seed playoff spot. Not to mention, uh, there's also a full no-movement clause in his contract as well. So he's stuck with Edmonton for the rest of the year. Oh, God. Either he's stuck there or they're stuck with him. I'm okay. not sure who's I'm making a prediction uh, right now for Kane. Uh, they're not going to make it past the first round if they do make the playoffs. My opinion, they don't make the playoffs. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't see this team coming back after that hot start this year, especially with Evander Kane. He's going to wreck that team. Not, look, not everybody's Tom Brady where you can make Randy Moss into a saint and play for you. Okay, That's just not, not, not everyone's like that. Sorry. Not gonna work. Well, I guess we'll see which one of us ends up being right on this one too. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Since uh, you and I don't tend to agree with our takes on a lot of things sports related at all, no, that's we? why we're such a perfect couple, you know. For this, all I'm saying is, so far with the shit that we've said, I- I've definitely proven to be the one that was right more often, more than a lot so far. Yeah, and, and two episodes. Uh, we'll bounce back. All right. Okay. We're turning this franchise around, baby. Okay. All right. But anyways, I think we've covered most of the big points yeah. that needed addressed for the night. Yeah. What about what about the Pens? You know, in a losing streak. Right now, it's the third period. They're, they're tied three three with Washington. Thank God. Um. Well, I mean, two two points in the last three games. It feels like the defense is flat for the Penguins. Like. What do they have to do? I think they need a defensive defenseman come trade deadline, 100%. They got way too many guys who want to pinch and not enough that want to come back. That's my view. It seems, too, like the Phoenix game and the Detroit game, they got behind early and kind of, I mean, I just noticed that because I was at the Phoenix game, and Phoenix looked good for the first period against the Pens, and, like, this shouldn't even be close. They are the they are the team in the league. Who? Yeah, and they got Phoenix? slow. They, they slow yeah. ass Phil Kessel. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, they have twenty four points in the standings, and um, Montreal is the worst team in the league with twenty three points in the standings. I can't believe Montreal is that bad without uh, Carey Price. If your whole team is based on one good goalie, an elite goalie, you need help. That's all I'm gonna say. And whereas if you have a hell of a good team with the shit goalie like Pittsburgh, you also need help. I'm, well, Pittsburgh's third in their division, and they're, they're in the playoff spot, so they really need that. I mean, fifth overall in the East as of now, yes, but I'm sorry, you don't win championships with a goalie like Tristan Jari. No, but you certainly don't do shit. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jari's been very up and down. Like, I hate to say it. Yes, he's had a couple rough games this year, but... I still am going to stand by the my my statement that I think Pittsburgh's got the wrong goal, the wrong guy starting in the net. That is, 
Uh, you are wrong, 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 100% about that. Uh, Casey DeSmith is one of the most inconsistent goalies I have ever seen in my entire life. He's just on, he's on, with, with lack of consistency, Jari's just as bad. Okay, well, uh, statistics prove you wrong on that. They do. They, they prove you wrong. Honestly, I w- here, but I'm trying to figure out why they didn't go out for a goalie in the offseason. Here we go. Okay. There were free agents available. He is 23, 8, and 5. He has a 2.17 goals against average and a 9.25 save percentage. That that's inconsistent. Is that for this year or is that for the that's that that is this year? Casey DeSmith is three, three, and two, an eight nine two save percentage and a three point thirty seven goals against average. How the hell are you gonna Casey DeSmith is better? Let's see here. Okay. The numbers suck. I'm sorry. They, I, I, I don't see it. Hold on one second. I wish I did. I, I wish I could see it with you, but I don't have my Skip Bayless glasses on to see it with you. <laughs> In 80 games over career... Over the past few years with the Penguins, though, the I think the problem that Casey's having is that they're not giving him enough starts this year for him to get into a group. Yeah, when they when they, when he does start, he lets up five goals. So I don't know. All right, career safe percentage nine one three, thirty five wins, twenty five losses. What the hell happened this year? The fact that he's only had eight starts and we're already. Now, the past two starts, I'll give you credit. The past two starts, he's been fine. Um, other than that, he only played one period in, in the Columbus game because he sucked on the 21st but of January. Uh, he let up two goals in the first period. They let uh, Tristan Jari in. and uh, Oh, look at that. Tristan Jari helped them win the game 5-2. to two. Look at that. That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, he, now, his game against Detroit, he did only let up two goals in a whole game. He did carry the pens. Uh, it wasn't enough, but that game I'll give him credit for. Other than that, when you when you look at this, um, let's see, eight to five when he let up five goals against the Sharks. If it wasn't for that rally with, from Brian Rust on the January second, oh God, I wouldn't know what to do. Uh, St. Louis, I was at that game. Uh, he only played like a period and a half because he was so inconsistent. 5.32 goals against average in 33 minutes. It's got awful. Uh, save percentage of 813. Uh, let's see. Hold on. This is the past five games, by the way. 815, 813, 833, 938, and he had in 1,000 in one game out of five. Honestly, though, looking at their career stats, they're pretty comparable. Like, they're about, they're about even when it comes to – Career save percentage and goals against. Yeah, I'll give you. Yeah, okay. Career stats, it's fine. But this season, I mean, this season, Casey just sucks. I'm sorry. Like we're looking at right guy to go with. We're looking at a uh, .916 for tr- for Tristan or for Casey, and I believe a .917 was Tristan's go- uh, save percentage. 2.53 goals against average for Kate for Tristan 
and it was about a 2.70 for Casey. So they're pretty, and that's with 137 versus 80 games played. So they're pretty even. Okay, the career numbers, that's fine, but we're talking about this season. Uh, Casey DeSmith's not cutting it this year as a backup goalie. But at the same time, the Penguins' defense ain't cutting it either. There needs to be a change there. My slang with Tang looks like some Pens fans do. (laughs) How the hell would you say that? But. The dude's got, what, 19 points on the season already? What, Latang? Yeah. Oh, more than that. Or what was it, nine points in a seven-game stretch or some shit? Uh, 20 points this whole month. In one month. He has 40 points in uh, 41 games. As a defenseman. Five goals and 35 assists in 41 games. Well, yes, he is a great offensive defenseman. Okay, that's why you... You need offensive defensemen as much as you need elite defensive defensemen on that, right? The problem with the Penguins is we don't have enough defensive defensemen. Ryan Dumlin cannot be your only defensive defenseman. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I don't feel like the Penguins have had any good defenders besides the Who was the other? Uh, Mata, right? We had Ole Mata. Pedersen's an offensive guy. I mean, name me another good defensive defenseman except uh, Brian Dumlin. Yeah, there isn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, we have too many guys who want to pinch up above the blue line and pinch down in the zone. Not enough guys that want to play back. That is our problem with this team. We need to address that this trade deadline. Uh, who can we get? I mean, there's a number of them. I mean, Mike Matheson's a good two-way defender. But we need that one extra solid defensive defenseman like a Trevor Daly. Someone like him, like we had a few years ago. And I think this team would be okay with Jari starting in the playoffs. Uh, that's the only thing I think I see this team having trouble with. See, honestly, I think the biggest the I think addressing goal is more important than defense than defensive defensemen because yeah. The- but when you let up two on ones and three on ones, does the goalie really matter? I mean, you could fucking put Dominic Hasek back there, and he's gonna let up five goals with this fucking defense. Yeah, yeah, yes, but I don't see like you could see goalies stealing series. I don't see defense alone doing it. I think the biggest this is what really matters in hockey, man. It also when you're building a hockey team, the most important piece is your goaltender. We have which is philosophies on that, which is why I say with Pittsburgh having lack lack of. Um, Star power. Yeah, what about Matt position? Murray? You know, Matt Murray, we all thought he was the second coming of Marc Andre Fleury. Uh, he ends up getting better than Fleury. Being, being the, yeah, years. okay. Well, he gets the starting job and he ends up sucking. What happened to that? Yeah, and I was big on Murray a lot it, more than Jari. Well, Murray was a psychological issue. Like, Murray's mm-hmm. problem came in when his father died. Once his dad died, he never, he wasn't able to get back in the right headspace to, he wasn't able to focus on the game. And that's where he fell off. Where is Murray currently? Ottawa. But Ottawa. I think he's when you're on the NHL level and you're a starting goalie, like I feel for the guy, but there's a lot of other fans who don't give a shit. Like you know what I mean? Like you 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 expect these guys to perform, and he got he got a lot of hatred for that. And eventually, uh, uh, at the time, GM um, Jr. 
Jim Rutherford, you know, he had to. Can we please get him back? He had to let him go. You know, I like Hextall. I, I... Can we please? Fuck you! Oh, fuck you! He's awesome. Hextall fucking, I swear to God, he's trying to sink this fucking team. How? We're 27-11-7. and seven, Third in Metropolitan. Are you kidding? Look at how he handled the fucking Seattle expansion. What GM in their right mind gives away the person that Seattle was primarily looking at to turn around and have them take a second, for, give away fucking Jared McCann for circus peanuts, get absolutely jack shit back for him. Oh my and God, fucking, we lost a bottom six center. Oh, And open up the door for them to take the only physical fucking player we had. Oh man, we lost another bottom six. You know, what are we going to do? It's not like they're replaceable. On top of that, the biggest need we had in the offseason was goaltending, and what did he do to address it? Oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm too busy fucking golfing. Um, He believed in Jari. He made the right move, and they're 27-11-7 because of that. So, And have no chance in hell of having a successful playoff run because Jari does not win you championships. So he had one meltdown, one series. And that's enough to crucify him. Well, fucking, you're talking about this year alone. Look at his career. He's fucking. Though it, there was a reason why they brought Murray up before they brought Jari. Why, even though Jari had See, been in, I don't look at career longer. stats. I think that's full of shit. I look more about season by season. How I do it. But I mean. Let's see here. What we got? Uh, career he is. Wow. Okay. So when you do his career, he's 82, 37, and 12. So, wow. That's uh, <laughs> that's really proven your argument. He has 82 wins over 37 losses in regulation. Uh, that's pretty bad for your take. It's an excellent winning percentage. If I'm being honest. He's got a two and a half goals against average. That's pretty decent for a guy who's only played 137 games. Um, and he has a 916. Again, I mean, as long as you're above that 91 threshold, you're a pretty good goalie in the NHL. And you're going to get paid whenever free your free agent time does come up. So I hope we keep him for the starting goaltender for a while. I think he is good. Granted, he had a bad playoff last year, but I think he'll bounce back. We'll make a second round exit at least. The very least. I don't see it. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. I I, I think this Penguins team is really good. If he doesn't have the defenseman problem. If he doesn't slide back into his normal play style by the end of the season, I don't see us making it past first round. I mean, if we look at Tristan Jari's last five games, uh, uh, let's see. Last game against the Kings, I was there. I will give you that. Um, he had a four cold goals against average there. He had an eight nine five. Loss against the Kraken, but he had a nine three one save percentage. Only allowed two. Only allow one goal in regulation. So the offense couldn't help him out, unfortunately. Offense couldn't help him. Uh, Arizona Coyotes, 
He had a. Let me see this here. Is that right? Wow, he did terrible. He had a eight one three goals against average on sixteen shots. Still won the game, but you can't do that on only sixteen shots against. That's unacceptable. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, they're a good team. We beat them in a shootout 3-2. to two. They had a 1.85 goals against average uh, with uh, a 9-3-1. And he had an 1,000, but he didn't play the full game, unfortunately, so it's not a shutout. He won 5-2 to two against Columbus in uh, the two periods he played, second and third. He got the win for it. No goals let up in 15 uh, shots. And those were some of the hardest shots I've ever seen the man have to save. So was it uh, Naismith that started against Detroit the other night? Yes, Casey DeSmith okay. did play a good game. Or DeSmith. He, D he did. Yeah, Casey DeSmith did play a good game against Detroit. That is one of that's the best game he's played so far, in all of his starts. I feel like Detroit though they haven't been talked about in a while, but they have a young team. They have some guys. I mean, do they? Oh yeah, they have what the British. Is there a younger Bertuzzi? They are 20, 20, and 6. They're fifth in the Atlantic. Yeah. They got Dylan Larkin, who's yeah. been a beast for them this year. He's yeah. probably their most productive player. They're He's always young. their most productive player. He is a 23 goal scorer this year with 43 points. Um, yeah, it, it's safe to say he'll have a 40 goal season along with Tyler Bertuzzi this year. Yeah, it's just been a while since Detroit's been, you know. They used to be the king of hockey for a little bit. I mean, well, I mean, they held on to their aging vets too long. That's what happened. Yep. Uh, yep. Detterberg and Dotzuk and Dotzuk. Oh, and Lidstrom. You hold on Dodd to these guys too long, and that's what happens. I mean, and the same thing is coming to the Penguins if they don't figure out something. Malkin, Crosby. If Latang, they can hold on yeah. to a first round pick and use it, the draft future, good. This is not the time to be trading first-round picks. We want to win now. Win now. I'm, I hate it. I hate that. Yeah, that was good when Crosby was like 28, 29 years old. I, I would not be doing that right now. Honestly, I'm I saving every first-round pick. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if coming to the trade deadline, Pittsburgh makes a deal with Florida. Well, with Malkin... Yeah, I mean that's the one team that he's that he has as an exception on his no movement clause that he's willing to go to, that he actually wants to go to, like in the worst way. Hmm. To be honest, I think they keep him for one last playoff run because they're in a playoff spot. They don't. Okay, okay. I'll just take the first one. Are you sure? Yeah. So if, I, if they were way behind in the playoff race, I could see them trading him. I also see Malkin. That's a rebuild move. Not I honestly also see this being his last year in Pittsburgh. I don't see them. That I agree with. I wanted to bring this up, too. Um, you know, they just extended Jeff Carter two seasons after this year, right? What would be the purpose of doing that if you're going to re-sign Malkin anyway? The fact that Hextall has some sort of weird love affair with Jeff Carter? Because think about it. Everywhere Hextall has gone in management... Jeff Carter's been his golden boy. Jeff Carter has followed him everywhere he's gone, including coming to Pittsburgh. Yep. And he just extended him to you. Look, I like Jeff Carter. He's an excellent center. Yeah. He plays a very good defensive game. Uh, he's a very good cycler with the puck. I'm not saying he's a goal scorer, but he's a damn good cycler. Uh, but, uh, yeah, his goal scoring is not as good as it used to be when he played with the Flyers. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. You know, he's not the goal-scoring guy we know. 
but he's a power play cycle guy. I mean, and at thirty, but the, the the biggest question mark about that two year extension though is thirty seven years of age. Oh, is that old? how much regression do you think we're going to see on that two years? Uh, I hope it was for cheap salary. Yeah. Um, if it's for if it's for a cheap salary, like one and a half million a year, one point two million a year, yes, okay, I say it's a good deal. Anything more than one point five million, I think uh, Ron Hextall smoking pipe. I'm looking that up right now. And it's filled with crack. If it's either full of crack or meth, if he thinks that he's worth anything more than $1.5 million. It says on Wednesday, which goes back so six days ago, so not so last Wednesday, the extension he signed was a two year. Three point one two five million per season salary hit. Three point one two five. Yeah. Holy shit! Talk about overpay. God damn! I don't know. I do not agree with that money. I like the player. I don't like the money for that. Oh. For a third liner, that's insane. <laughs> well, he's gonna be a second liner. I think that's why they gave him that. Obviously. But still. They gave him that because he's gonna be the second line guy. Malkin is gone. After Malkin's going to Florida. He's getting his way. Uh, but does Florida want him? Is Florida one of the hot teams right now? Yes, they are. That's why. Yeah, Florida, they're, they're a very hot team. But, like, does Florida is currently first place in the Atlantic. And if I'm yeah. not mistaken, I think they're the top seed in the AFC. And they're, they're the, sorry, they're, they're the best team in the league in terms of points, yes. <laughs> yeah, right now, Florida is the top seed in the Eastern Conference. And the whole entire and, league. And honestly, they're the t- yeah, at 69 points, they're first place overall. So, yeah, if you're a Malkin, you definitely want to go there. But it's the I wonder what the hell their cap situation is next year uh, with their free agents and all that because uh, the, depending on how much they pay their players, you know, they might not even be able to afford Malkin. So where would he go? Um, other than Florida, if I had to take a guess, if he was a free agent, I think he will be. So I'm talking like he's going to be a free agent. Um, um, as of now, I see him going to the West and I see him signing with either the, the Dallas stars or St. Louis blues. Right now their projected cap space. Oh shit. Um, is it a lot or not a lot? No, they would have to give up some people. They yeah, no, that's not happening. They, they like would have team. to make some moves in the offseason. Um, right, but the problem is, why would you make so many moves if you're, like, the top team in the NHL? There's no Yeah, you don't have to just to bring yeah. in Malkin, too. Right. There's, well, no offense to Malkin. He's my favorite player, but I feel like, it, I mean, he's just not worth the money. No, it wouldn't be worth he still has it. It's worth giving up half your team for a guy who uh, kind of lugs himself around out there on the ice anymore. Seems like he doesn't try. I'm sorry. The way I watch him play, it's unless Sydney, unless Crosby's out, unless Crosby's hurt, because you gotta give it, you gotta give Gino credit for that. Anytime Sydney has missed a, any any ice game, any games Crosby's missed, Malkin is always turned on turned on beast mode. Yeah. Like when Crosby misses games, Evgeny Malkin is hands down the best player in the league. Frost has another two-goal game under his belt. This guy just cannot stop scoring, huh? That's why. That's 
That's the, uh, I wore his jersey to the Penguins game. And, and unfortunately, that's another player that we're probably losing this year. But Brian Rust. Unless we freaking give up Malkin. I think we're letting Malkin go so we can re-sign Rust. Telling you that right now. Depends on what who else offers him what, though, because... I think we'll re-sign him before he even gets there. The player... Maybe Malkin will go to, uh... Malkin will go to my Sharks. We could use a, uh... An so, are you a... So, hold on. You're a Penguins fan? Sharks. I'm a Sharks fan, but Penguins are second. When they played the Cup, it was very rough. I, uh... I haven't got over that one yet. That's okay. Sharks will, uh, the Sharks will be known for choking in the playoffs. I was mainly, uh, Sharks just because Joe Thornton, uh... Pretty much followed his whole career. So you like, so you like, so so you like the maple laughs now. uh, I follow him still, but no, I'm not. I'm not like that. I I I like the Leafs. I just like fucking around people who pick two teams. I do like. I'm a big Austin Matthews fan though. I think he's. Yeah, I I saw it earlier. I was gonna ask. Um, you have the jersey. Yeah, uh, Yeah. you know that's why right there. You know the American. That's the real deal right there. The half and halfy from Arizona. Awesome. Yeah, I followed him before NHL, and he's he's incredible. He is. He's all. He's an awesome guy. Great story. Um, I did not know his mother was from Mexico. That was fascinating to me. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, and the fact that they have hockey in Arizona is even more impressive. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Know. I mean, I know they have the Coyotes, but you know, they're like one of the worst teams in regards to revenue. Which might also explain why they're the second to the last team in the league right now. The rep, dude, they don't make any money in the regular season. If they were to move them, though, where would be a. I mean, I don't know why Bettman is like gung ho on keeping a team in Arizona. I don't get it. I mean, I would say. Does Atlanta ever get a team again? Quebec City. Yeah. That's what I say. Bring back the Nordiques, but no. Either that or the Thrashers, as you just yeah, said, Yeah, the Chris. Thrashers, I mean. Uh, see, Atlanta is not a good hockey market. Yeah. Funny funny uh, side note on that, though. Since you mentioned uh, uh, Atlanta, can I say one of my best moments of getting to go to a live game? I was at the game in 2012 against the Thrashers. At, uh, I believe it was still at the... At that point, still would have been the Mellon Arena, right? No, Mellon Arena was just dis- <laughs> actually the last year that the Mellon Arena was there. The Pens won the Cup in 09. 2010. Well, then it was. It, then I guess it must have been my first game at PP, PPG or at sorry, Console at the, Energy Center at the new console. Yeah, it was like as it was called at the time. A couple years old. Would have been my first Penguin game at that new stadium. And I was there for the game that Sidney Crosby scored a natural hat trick. Against Atlanta. Oh, God. The natural. Three goals in a row, and no one else can score. That's It was beautiful. I never, ever, ever got to witness a hat trick. Ever. I haven't either. That would be one cool moment. I was thinking last time, because I didn't have a hat, to grab somebody else's hat in front of you and just throw it. <laughs> possibly get in a fight, but it's well worth it, right? Unfortunately yeah. <laughs> for that game, I had forgotten to wear a hat, so I didn't get to throw it. Oh, it sucks. But, um, yeah, I wear a hat to every hockey game because you never know. Um, but yeah, I, I usually update real quick. Uh, the Pens lost in overtime four to three. 
That there we go. That there's another loss, another one point in a loss. Fucking Jari. Was it Jari tonight too? I don't know. I didn't watch the game. I'm not gonna blame anybody until I see some highlights. Um, I know Daniel Sprong here. It says it scored a goal for the Capitals. But I look real cool today. Oh. Um. For uh, the third star of the game looks like it's Brian Rust with two goals. Um, what are you listening to some Latin rap there, Eric? Nah, that was an ad that played for. No- I mean, I know we just saw him in the in the Royal Rumble this weekend, but you're really jamming to Bad Bunny. I'm not. That was the advertisement. I didn't even know who the hell it was till you said it. Cool. Ilias, I, I don't know if that's what it was. Twenty-three saves just- and a nine-five-six save percentage. Tuesday, September first of this recording, and we had Dmitry Orlov with two goals and no assists. So there you go. Did you just say Tuesday, September first? February 1st, excuse me. Okay. Sorry. Uh, that that song, that really sucky song threw me off. <laughs> but let's see who scored for the pen. So Evgeny Malkin, assisted by, of course, Chris Letang and Jay Gensel. Brian Rust, assisted by Jay Gensel. And uh, look at that. Brian Rust again, assisted by, guess who? Gensel and Crosby. But Daniel, right. Sprong, Daniel Sprong ties it up. And then in overtime, Dmitry Orlov gets the second goal of the game. The fact that we allowed a a fucking defenseman to get two goals on us, one to tie it up and uh, to make it 2-2, two, two, and then one to win it, uh, I think that's pathetic, and Orlov doesn't score that much. So. All right, one last thing I wanted to touch on before, since we are all somewhat... Of- well, even with Chris here, we are all Penguins fans. How many how many more years do we have? How much le- does Sidney Crosby have left in the tank? I think that guy can go until he's 44. I think he's the Tom Brady in the NHL. I don't think so. I think with the many as many injuries as he has and the fact that we're probably about to lose Malkin, I see Crosby retiring in the next couple of years. I just don't see that. I mean, the, the guy has a contract up until 38 years old. Uh, and he's how old now? 34, 35? Yeah. Let's double check this. I think Crosby plays till 40. Well, I'm I not here. I'm not a big Crosby guy. He is 34. He so he would have to near <laughs> soon and sign, what, one more deal, obviously, at 38. And in the regular season already, he already has 30 points. Um, but if it does happen, what do you think? Gensel would probably be the next captain. I think Gensel's gone before he retires, to be honest. I don't think they're going to be able to afford him. Huh? Oh, by the way, we're on 500 goal watch. Um, Crosby's at 498. Needs two more. Did not get it tonight. So, he did get two assists, though. He did get that. All right. I think we've dragged on enough. Yes. It is getting late. I mean, we've been on this call already for, what, three hours? So, this is definitely... this is a special three-hour edition. This is definitely getting split into two episodes at this point. So, I think we'll uh, pick up... How many radio shows go on three hours? All right. Podcasts don't. Oh, well. We're different. But anyways, I say we pick up 
give it a few days to figure out what happens next and uh, pick back up with this on Friday. Yep. Stay since uh, Saturday being the next episode that comes out, we will be talking about uh, some of the topics would be all the fames. Are they legit? Are they, are they scummy? We got, um, we got, uh, what, what else did we have slated? NASCAR, I guess. Not going to have fun at all. <laughs> I think NASCAR was, Kevin was saying it was what he just had a few analogies to make with NASCAR, comparisons to make with NASCAR when it comes uh, to Oh, okay, those analogies, right. Okay. And then, um, I guess just the Hall of Fame little discussion, about an hour. They- Whatever happens next couple of days with hockey, basketball. That too. A little, a little bit of that. Yeah, since there's not going to be any football talk. Unless somebody else decides, unless somebody else decides to retire, I don't know where. Yeah, or another coach gets hired, because that's coming too. I can see that. I can see that too. We have what Jacksonville what the hell, this week. Man, these random noises. I'm sorry, we got a bunch of ghosts coming in the stream. My computer's playing ads and I'm muting it. Ugh. Yeah, but anyways, guys, to everybody out there listening, thank you for tuning into the Sports Authority. Appreciate it. Uh. Er, or, uh, Chris, since you're the guest tonight, you got anything you want to plug? Any Twitters or anything? No, I do not. I actually don't have a Twitter. But <laughs> thank you for having me, Eric. Uh, yeah, no problem. You can you can follow me at IWF Johnson. Make sure you follow SA Podcast eighty seven on Twitter. Uh, that that's how you get our updates. Also, uh, I was just wondering this too. On Friday nights, will you be doing UFC? As far as if there is an event. Uh, we do MMA boxing talk once a week as well. So, okay, cool. Um, we have a couple things we wanted to talk about too for this uh, week as well. I wanted to mention we're going to talk about Israel Adesanya's. Uh, we're going to talk about Israel Adesanya and Kamara Usman's manager. They're going to they're making them heads. That's going to be a fun talk. That's one thing I want to talk about. Our take on that. Anyways, you can follow us uh, at. SA Podcast 87 on Twitter. You can follow Eric at what was your tag again? My tag is at IWF Johnson. And uh, you can follow me, Joffrey Curry, at TJE Joker. That's G E O C U R. And we'll see you next time. Good talk.